right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, y'all already know what time it is. It is I and I am him, the one and only Steel Rain, and you are locked in right here with the living split screen, guys. Your new Saturday morning cartoons as I get ready to play this wonderful content for you all in the background. Um, with that being said, I got to start off with saying, look. You beautiful people who are already here, I, I gotta say thank you. You guys come out on a week-to-week -week basis and show us nothing but love and appreciation uh, for not only what we bring here, but that energy, that live, raw, and uncut energy, as I like to say, um, but just overall the topics that we go over and the passion that we bring to the table. Uh, with that being said, I do have to let you know today I am putting on some Mass Effect 3 gameplay for you all. Um, I was kind of in between whether I wanted to put some two up there or um, or three. Um, I actually ended up putting some three up there. I was actually playing just with some different videos and whatnot, because um, as you can see, for those who have kind of been paying attention on the visual platform, uh, shout out to YouTube. Um, I kind of switched some things up, man. Uh, I wanted to add some more depth to the show, really give you some more of that split screen feel. Um, to really make it more personal, man. I, I really want to do something different again. Um, I'm all about change, all about keeping things interesting. So um, that's part of, the, part of the reason I did this. So hopefully you guys enjoy that and it does look wonderful for you all. Um, some back-end information though. Before, I had this more set up in the middle. I uh, didn't really change that. But then my wife came home uh, the other night and was like, the people can't really see that gameplay that you got playing for them in the background with y'all in the middle like that. Uh, so I decided to drag us down a little bit more so you guys can see the gameplay, obviously. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that. Uh, but with that being said, that's enough of me. I have to put pass it off. Uh, not pull it off. Um, <laughs> pause. <Whoa>. Early <laughs> um, morning pull off. Let's yeah, go. early morning Let's pull go. off. You already know I get down. <laughs> but no, um. I have to pass it off to one of the most uncanny gentlemen, as I say on a week-to-week -week basis, uh, my brother from another, the man uh, of many talents with much knowledge, and is uh, he calls himself a grazer. I just call himself, I call him a man that just loves the game. But with that being said, uh, my guy, the one and only Pong Soul. How you feeling today, man? What's going on? Uh, brother, Saturday morning living split screen episode 40 brother 40 we've been here man i love it i look forward to this uh even when i gotta pull and drag myself out of bed by the time this show gets started you know we are ready steel you yeah, and yeah, i yeah, we yeah. are ready to do this look gaming news is dropping everywhere it has been another week uh, of surprises, of interviews, of all sorts of craziness uh, going on. Because again, we are now ramping up 2022. We just came off of 2021, second half being absolutely phenomenal, especially on the Xbox side of things. The beginning carried by Sony uh, and Nintendo doing doing their stuff. And hey man, they they got hey. me this generation. I, I mean, this year. Look, I'm not gonna say this generation. Yeah. Um, but they may have me this year between. I Pokemon, Kirby, and then also Bayonetta. I don't know, man. We'll see. But go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I'm going to be jealous if you pull out that Bayonetta on me. That's all I got to say. So I'm going to be really hey, jealous. Don't worry. You'll have Bayonetta. gameplay here for it. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. I get to watch it. Uh, so, no, it's been a great week, Steel. Uh, look, you know, 
real life being real life. This is what it is, man. So we, uh, you know, get busy and, and work is kicking my butt and I'm not around in chats and stuff as much as I used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I miss it, but you know what? We get to do this and I've got, you know, my other shows too, but you and I get to sit down and talk about this. And I know I'm looking forward to your opinions on some topics that happened this week because it, you were fired up the minute I, uh, I, I uh, logged in this morning. So oh, yeah. I know you're ready. Uh, you got Always. a family date day uh, with Spider-Man I do. today. I do. Yes. So, you know what? We're going to be on uh, a three-hour max time limit here. Um, as far as gaming goes, uh, look, Outer Worlds to uh, continuing that journey. Uh, NBA 2K22. I already had to admit my failings last week live on the air as far as <laughs> as contributing to the greed that is NBA 2K. And, and uh, I did do that as well. Um, what else have been rocking out this week? Um, man, I know there's something I'm missing here. What else? Oh, uh, hey, anybody wondering about Anacrusis that dropped into Game Pass? Okay, here's the deal with Anacrusis. Uh, First person uh, co-op multiplayer that dropped. We had seen a trailer for it. It, it looked cool because it, it's got a cool like 60s, 70s aesthetic, uh, cheesy sci-fi look, which I like. Uh, and I was kind of looking forward to this game. And I'm not alone in what I'm about to say. And I'm all down for everybody. If you got Game Pass and you want to try it out, check it out. It's about 16 gigs. Uh, if you got the room, go ahead and download it. I'm always about, because you never know. Some people have different opinions, right? You, you, again, Steele and I are all about that. Try it for yourself first. Don't 100%. listen to everybody else. 100%. Uh, but what I'm going to say is I'm not alone in, in what happened. So I downloaded this game. It's a preview. It's in preview. So there's no achievements, no nothing right. like that. Um, again, but like the stylized look to it. But it is a uh, it is straight up, um, it is straight up a ripoff of obviously something like uh, Back for Blood. Um, it plays the exact same way, but it doesn't do it well. Okay, um, again, try it for yourself. But the mm-hmm. gunplay not good. Frame rate probably dips somewhere around 15, 20 at times, uh, even on a Series X. <laughs> so um, it, it's just it's. To me, it's not fun. You know me, Steel. Again, as a grazer, as somebody who has, you know, an external four terabyte height, terabyte, terabyte, right, terabyte. <laughs> this is continuing from last terabyte. night. If anybody was watching Xbox <laughs> Ultimate last night, Mav jinxed us and cursed us all last night because he came out with Namkai Bando as a company. Namkai nice. Bando. Okay, and I think I know those guys. He, yeah, from from that point forward on the show. Like none of us could speak properly. So terabyte or terabyte high drive. With- <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, you're, you're gonna fuck with, I'll, I'll fuck with you. I know, hey. I know. But you know what? With with all the games that I keep downloaded and that I go back to and play consistently, right? It's very right. rare for me to download a game, play through one match, and then uninstall. But that's exactly what I did here with Anna Cruz. So, yeah. um, you know, I was looking forward to it. And I tried it out. I was like, yeah, nah, this ain't it. So, but again, if you want to try it out, it's on Game Pass. Uh, download it. Uh, check it out for yourself. Uh, again, don't always listen to everybody. I'm just saying that there's a lot of a lot of people. It's not just right. me. Uh, a lot of people no. said the exact same thing. Like, not hey, the only one. this 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 
you know, maybe this game gets better. Again, it's in game preview, so it's not a right. full fledged launch. So maybe the devs go back and work on it and get it into a better state. But right now, uh, no, 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 it ain't it. Uh, but other than that, uh, well, I know there's probably a million other games I've played. Uh, hey, you, me, and um, Mav had jumped into uh, Battlefield last week yes. after the show, or on Sunday, actually. Right. Um, look, man, I don't know what people are still talking about as far as a game. I mean, I, I understand some of the criticisms about features missing, and there's a lot to work on, and they got to, you know, they're, but what they've done, Steele, and I think you agree, is that when you jump into a game in Battlefield now, a lot of those early issues are completely gone. And this game is playing pretty silky at this point. Mav had one issue. I didn't have any issues. I don't think I heard you say you had any issues while we were Oh, no. Nah, I mean, I've had minimal issues since I've been playing on PC yeah, you, the entire you time. Yeah, you really bro. have. Um, look, Battlefield's playing really well um, as far as gameplay goes. Again, right. I, there's a ton of stuff missing, and that's all a different topic. But I'm just saying from a standpoint, if you see somebody out there trying to claim – and again – I'm not, everybody's experience is different. Some people have issues for sure, but I'm saying like the major stuff that a lot of people were experiencing all at the same time is right. gone. Like they've wiped it out and gunplay mm -hmm. gun is tight. Uh, you know, it's just gotten better and better. Like we talked about, we knew dice is going to. So you, right. me and Matt, we had a great time for like four or five hours. So yeah, now we were on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was good stuff. Um, so other than that, that's been my week, Steel. Uh, so you know what? Uh, feeling pretty good. Uh, I know I've hopped into Forza Horizon Five again and played around in there for a little bit and stuff like that. But otherwise, it's been a great week, man. Uh, I'm just happy to be here on Saturday with you. So uh, nice. let's get to it, Steel. You got anything special that you've been rocking out to playing? Uh, uh, this week for me, I guess I didn't really get into that. I mean, first off, let's start with I got to shout out the Midweek Mix Up Collective for letting uh, Living Split Screen continue to be us um and just supporting us from everything that we do here uh shout out to wandering dutch and everyone that is involved with the squad uh shout out to y'all man uh other than then for me myself let's see um again it's been halo i've been going back and forth with this whole uh messing with my sensitivity thing and it's been kind yeah. of it's just been driving me crazy man um i don't know um from what i experienced during the beta to now i just i've been fine-tuning more than i would prefer um and it really is because it's been up and down and it's more so probably just because i haven't been, consi been consistent playing the game every day um i've been trying to get back into horizon zero dawn but again me with single player games unless it like unless it really grabs me and makes me not want to play anything else um i I just haven't had a chance to get back to it because I'd rather play another multiplayer game. Um, and that's the big, that's always going to be the biggest caveat for me. Uh, Halo Infinite, it's always going to come first before anything else. And if I have that inkling to play the game, maybe I'm stretched for time. That's the biggest thing right there, right? It's time. Um, depending on where I'm at, depending on how I'm feeling, that's kind of been the thing. Um, other than that, like you said, we, we did have a good time on Battlefield. Uh, again, a lot of people talk about, uh, just talk about gaming, don't actually play games. I think that's the biggest thing that we're continuing to see and run across and why people are running into some of the issues that they're running into. Um, also, just going off of other people's opinions. Again, you know how I feel about that here. Uh, definitely play games for yourself. Um, if you have a genuine interest, jump into it try it out again $70 is a big ask and I do think at this point uh, and it's kind of one of those things that I led 
uh, let off the same saying before Battlefield came uh, came out that they really needed to make sure everything was established up front. But this seems to be another Battlefield that is going to take six months for them to be in a good place. Um, now, I could say the same thing about Halo. Um, although the gameplay in Halo is fantastic, I just can't get past that. Um, this skill base kind of gameplay is something that's hard, really hard for me to get away from. But uh, other than that, man, I've also been in and out of Anvil. It, it, that is also on Game Pass. Um, that I want to get back with preview. you on that, man. I love that. Um, it was it was an it was an excellent game. It's, it, I, I thoroughly enjoy it for one of those isometric kind of games. It's a shooter. Um, it's a roguelike kind of game. It's a twin stick game. shooter. Uh, twin stick shooter. Excuse me. Yep. Um, yep. and it gives you those those old school feels, right? Uh, running around, destroying monsters, building up your character. Um, and those reset runs. It's kind of like it's like playing Hades with your buddies, right? Yep. Um, it's a three player co op, and it, it's and it's an amazing time. Um, the biggest thing about it for those who haven't played is like you go through these runs, and the point of these runs, as I've come to find out, is you're looking to get these permanent add-ons that you can put on your character um which you only get through every run that you do and now yes you want to complete the run for sure because that's how you can kind of guarantee yourself better upgrades um that you can kind of carry on through every playthrough because you can have um i believe once you beat all four planet uh three planets excuse me that uh, you get four slots that you unlock that you can have four different things on not uh abilities not well i shouldn't say not abilities more so but more so like add-ons so for an example um 30 extra attack speed uh things like that or hey um every every five seconds you generate a shield and when you take damage or what stuff like that um and then they also have like a skill tree that you kind of build up over time that is kind of built off of you leveling up right um it's really enjoyable. It's really enticing. Uh, I'm really interested to see how they develop this over since it is in game preview. Um, yeah, and they do have achievements on this game preview for Anvil. Yes. I was just saying how Anacrusis didn't have them. Actually, Anvil does. So, yeah. 100%. Um, but it, it's definitely it's definitely a fun time. Um, Mr. Joanna Dark was saying, I, I'm currently playing Horizon Zero Dawn and the beginning is rough. After you get past the long intro, the story is incredible. Uh, it finally clicked after trying to play seven times. And for me, <laughs> I feel the complete reverse. Um, the game clicked with me all from the jump. Um, I don't, again, I'll say here, I don't understand what people find boring about it. If it's not your play style, I can understand that. But what do you expect you're face you're facing giant robots um the game wants you to be strategic uh yeah the game also gives you the option to be more in their face knows the robots all over the place and the world filled with stuff no you got to think about what when it came out though it came out on the playstation 4 man like they couldn't add that much on and which is why i think a lot of people are hyped for forbidden west because i think that will be there the world will be more filled and there will be more things to kind of engage with and things like that um so i, pro, I do pro, pro tip though don't be in the it. face of a t-rex okay don't no. be in the face of one those, of those t-rexes those things <laughs> Those things are on a whole different level. I, I tried to I tried to fight one of those straight up, and yeah. no, that's not that's yeah. not it. Yeah, no. I tried to do it three different times, and it's it'll one tap you every time. And I'm like, okay, well, this is pointless. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, it's been a good time. Uh, so definitely, I definitely want to get into it. Uh, no, I'm in no rush, man. Again, right. it's an add on to me, not uh, a mainstay. So uh, hopefully, I can get through it at some point. Unless these multiplayer games keep pulling me through. But hey. with that being said, it is what it is. That's the yep. type of gamer I am. And I'm not afraid to admit that. And we can have the, and I'm always welcome to those kind of conversations. Um, but with that being said, we do have a, a 
quite a few amazing things to talk about. Um, Phil Spencer and Sarah Bond both came out this week in some fantastic interviews, kind of what Pong alluded to earlier. Uh, and I there are some amazing things that I pulled out of just Sarah Bond's interview herself. Phil's has just been con continuously, excuse me, consistent on the kind of what he said. Um, and I found that interview with Phil that he did with Kara Swisher. Um, that's her name on Twitter. That's her Twitter handle. Uh, or you, you just guys can doing, just call man. her Kara. Um, that is with the Sway podcast. Not to be confused with the Sway uh, morning show, um, the rap show and everything that's been around for a long time. Shout out to Sway, uh, amazing gentleman. But no, this is one of his uh, called the Sway podcast is they do this through the New York Times. If, not, if I'm not uh, getting that confused. Either Wall Street or New York Times. I can't um, remember which one. I pulled the I article from New York Times. Okay. Um, but it may be from Wall Street, but I pulled the article from New York Times. So, okay. Um, yeah, it's their that. opinion. It's like an opinion right uh, special that they do yeah. right exactly um and then also we're going to talk about a little bit about console sales uh again it's not something that's super important but it is something to pay attention to because console sales are bigger than ever uh, i know a lot of people say oh the pc is devaluing my console uh, obviously it's not console sales have been doing better than they ever have um even phil's come out and said hey we've sold more xboxes at this point than we did last generation and that's how this kind of any been seriously than any generation <laughs> I, I mean yeah. yeah um but i'm just comparing it to the last yeah, generation. I know you um, are. I know you are. Because even last generation, they sold more than the previous, so on and so forth. But um, but yeah, they sold more than any generation at this point, this far in. And I think that's a unique thing. Um, we definitely want to talk about that. Uh, also, uh, we do want to talk about some of the toxicity in gaming. Um, just And that's going to be probably a lighter topic. Me and Pong always tend to touch on these things just because it is an important thing. Uh, but this has to do more so with uh, the chick from G4 TV. Also, they've um, that whole crew has kind of had some up and down things um, as far as diversity goes, as far as sexism goes, as far as just a bunch of different things because um, that could possibly be seen as them using as an advantage or them uh, kind of sending out a cry for help that may not necessarily be needed but we'll talk about it um stalker 2 was delayed um does that hurt xbox um as far as their exclusivity list goes i've seen a lot of conversation about that going on i definitely want to speak on that um and then a lot of people seem to be up in arms about playstation continuing production of the playstation 4 even though it's only about a about a uh, by excuse me a million units right <laughs> um and an extra a million units you break it down to however you want to break that down um a lot of people are making some good points about that it's really not that much more but it does open some questions up to did sony kind of miss an opportunity to have a lower end system quote unquote because i also see people really negatively i'm not gonna say negatively but misinforming their I'm gonna say their subscribers, their following, whatever you wanna call them uh, about the Series S. And I do wanna correct some of those things here, um, starting with the Series S is not a pointless console. The Series S is also has a point. Um, there's a reason why people buy 3080s, 3090s, and there's a reason why people buy, as we've come to find out, 3050s, and then also 3060s. There's a reason that people do those things in the PC market, and then it, there's a reason why it also happens in the console market. You give people access, no. Can the Series S do 4K? No, but it can definitely do 60 FPS, which is the goal, and it can do 1440p. Um, so it's just there's just a lot of amazing things to talk to as, as far as that goes, and that should be quite, kind of quick. But with that being said, 
Let's shout out to some beautiful people in the chat before we get into our it upcoming game segment where we kind of just give you guys what's upcoming in the next kind of week um, and then kind of go from there because I do feel like that's important because here we do believe uh, gaming is art and should be treated as such. Uh, before I shout out some people in the chat, Pong, you got anything you want to say up to this point? No, no, brother. Like I said, lots of news to get to. Uh, also, the uh, you know Hitman announcement, the trilogy coming into mm -hmm. Game Pass, another drop. Yeah, that's in actually there, on my yeah. list too. Actually, yeah, we'll wrap yeah. we'll wrap that all in there. So uh, you're gonna shout out the uh, chat now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to get everything yeah. set out, um, I do want to shout out. We got some new faces in here also. Um, shout out to Doom Reaper. What's going on, my guy? You're um, you're an amazing gentleman here week by week. Dip down. What's going on, yeah. man? First time I'm seeing you here, but he says first time on the live show. Excited to be here. Just find you guys from a friend. Hey, hey, that's, hey, that's, a, that's what an amazing we like. man. Much love. Mission one K. Mission one K. Mission one K. Uh, Mission right. 1K is definitely the, the goal. I, I think our internal goal is more so, we, we definitely want to hit 2,000 by the end of the year, I think is more so my internal yeah. goal. Uh, yeah. Of course, we want to hit 1,000, uh, of course, but I want to take it that next step up, and I want to see about hitting 2,000, man. Um, again, I feel like what we bring here is a lot different than other places um, from a production standpoint and then also from a passion standpoint. Um, that's just me. You let me know how you feel. Um, Pong, tell me if I'm tripping, but hey, um, also, nope. uh, who we got here? Pink Vibes. What's going on? First time seeing yeah. you here. That's an amazing thing. Love you. Um, love you and appreciate you being here. Uh, the Sly Shh. Crow. That that That's Patua's girl. Pink oh, it's Patua's girl? Hey. Yeah. Hey, what's, yeah. what's going on? We got both hey. of them in here today. We got, we got we the got couple in here. Mr. <laughs> Patua 070, what's going on? How you feeling today, my brother? Uh, Jigga J, what's going on? Brian Hopkins, Hertog Vin X, G Bone 117. Hey, he already holding it out for the Halo. You already know what's going on. Mr. Joanna Dark, what's going on, my guy? Uh, who else we got in here? I'm going to scroll up. I did saw, I saw Wandering Dutch in here earlier. Shout out to you, man. Again, shout out to the Midweek Mix Up Collective. Uh, also, uh, y'all peep me checking out photo mode right here. Mass Effect, I'm getting it in. Uh, also, who else we got in here? Tony Grosso, what's going on? Per Plunk, Perrin Plunk, excuse me, 1983, what's going on? Uh, who else we got in here, man? Uh, we got quite a few people in here. Lady Foxfire, what's going on? Vic the oh, Click. Yep. Always good to see you, also, my guy. Black Card, uh, Fat Boy Horror. What's going on? Rescue Squad Cope. Retro Nerd. What else we got peace, love, life himself. Mr. Mr. Dragon yeah. Heart. Yobi. Yobi. What's Good going on, you, man? Uh, Rain in the Third Eye. Uh, Fat Boy Horror, if I didn't shout out him already. Casket Repair. What's going on? Studos. What's going on, man? He's working on some things for us in the background. Shout out to you, man. Uh, Dirt Griggity. What's going on? And then Pixel Slap. I see you in here. Look, man. Shout out to everybody that's in here, man. You are tuned in to the living split screen, a non-console eccentric platform where we talk about everything going on within the gaming industry and uh, and more, man. Uh, whether that's Xbox, Nintendo, PC, PlayStation, no matter what, uh, we do come from a neutral standpoint. Yes, do we have certain things that we favor? Sure. I mean, everybody does. That goes for anything. But uh, we do tend to be non-biased here, so uh, I think that is another thing that we do pride ourselves in. And then also, uh, for our audio listeners, shout out to y'all, uh, whether you're listening on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, or um, I believe the last one is 
Slacker. No, nah, I can't. I can't remember. I don't want to say it wrong. But uh, for those <laughs> listening on the audio platform side, much love to y'all. Appreciate you guys continuously shouting us out. Um, still, you forgot Pong. Hey, <laughs> Pong's right here. <laughs> but uh, hey, hey, Chad, I just want you all to appreciate too. Anybody watching this live or watching this later on YouTube, audio oh. listeners, I'm sorry you can't see it, but just want to make mention that uh, both uh, Steele's wife and uh, myself. Uh, both agree that he's got that LL Cool J look going on today. Uh, you can't really tell with the earphones on, but man, he's got that bucket hat look. Uh, uh, and, it, hey. and he was rocking it. When I first jumped out, I was like, yo, I'm on with LL Cool J today. Because <laughs> hey, the man was pulling it off. Hey man, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to talk about the looks too much, man. You know, it's one of those things. It's, it's nice when you can look good and be a gamer because a lot of people don't expect that. Hey, shout out to guys like us, Palm, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I'm, we just be a big edit over here, man. But now, nah, um, with that being said, let's get into these upcoming games. Hey, also. Shout out to God of War on PC, man, for oh, being yeah. in development for two years. That's something else we're going to talk about, too, but a little bit of smoke there, but let's get into it, man. The upcoming games segment. Let's go. Let's bring go. It, let me bring everything up and let's get it. Lord Roughness. Up. Good to see you, sir. Oh, is it Lord Roughness? And, and what just happened? Jumped in here as well. Thank you for jumping in here. Ooh. All right. So this week in gaming, and we are on January the what are we up on 17th huh 17th at this point yep yeah so we've got um again we're going by game informer uh not always accurate so if anybody knows anything else popping in this week let me know i'm going to go through xbox wire as well and see if anything's jumping out there um so we're kind of combining things here trying to make sure we get a complete list as possible but again so much stuff is dropping you just never know what's going to show up here so um January 17th, the week of Shadow Man Remastered, which just dropped last week. Uh, Shadow Man goes back to the Dreamcast days. Uh, and this remaster is one of those, it's not a remake. So you're basically getting the old stuff just kind of up uh, so that it looks halfway decent nowadays. But it is an old game. Shadow Man Remastered is, if you're looking for something different, if you're looking for that old school feel, uh, of those, uh, you know, action games, third-person action-style games back in the day. Um, you may want to jump into it. Go watch some videos on it. Shadow Man okay. uh, was a, a very niche title, even right. on the Dreamcast, but everybody who played it remembers it, right? So it's not one of those forgettable games. If you play it, um, it's... it's uh, what do I want to say? It's got some similarities uh, to a Soul Reaver. Let's put it that way. Okay. Now, I'm not going to put it on Soul Reaver level. Soul, Re- Soul Reaver is beloved, okay? Soul Reaver, I've been calling for it to come back. Legacy of Kane. Um, right. Bring, it should come back. Oh, and it should man. come back full-blown. I need that. Yeah, it should come back full-blown. This game's got some similarities to that. Okay. Uh, darker style, uh, darker uh, kind of uh, story to it. Mm-hmm. Uh but with some humor in it as well. There's some crazy stuff in there, some really crazy stuff that devs like to do back then. Right. So go check out Shadow Man Remastered. It launched this week on PlayStation 5, Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. It's coming to Switch uh, this week on Monday. Uh, big one coming out this week. Please, if you like uh, ARPGs, action RPGs, go check this out. It's dropping in Game Pass. This is an Xbox console exclusive. Uh, nobody saves the world. 
This is from a great developer in Drinkbox. So right. please go check out Nobody Saves the World. If you like action RPGs, I played the demo uh, during the uh, ID at Xbox uh, special when awesome. they released like 40 uh, demos. Right. Excellent, excellent game. You get to switch out. Basically, you're, you're, you're a nobody, right? As the title says. So you're this dude who doesn't have any detail. It's just like a little kind of uh, white dude on the screen, right? And yeah. then you can swap out. You get the abilities of other uh, character types, like a rat, like a knight. And you can swap those during your gameplay, which gives you different abilities, right? right. So, and each one of those has kind of like a simple uh, skill tree that you power up as well. So awesome, awesome game. Uh, please go check out Nobody Saves the World. Again, coming to Game Pass as well. But, I give it a uh, shot. Series consoles, Xbox One and PC. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, really good. Uh, River City Girls. And you're, been, the, you're excited about this one. I, I like River City Girls. Uh, I've played it. Uh, it's been in Xbox for a while now. Uh, it is finally coming to PlayStation 5. River City Girls is a throwback uh, beat-em-up, right? So uh, Streets of Rage style, right? But it's got more to it than that as well. There's some RPG aspects where you do missions right. uh, and that kind of stuff as well. But River City Girls is a beloved uh, game too, believe it or not. If you've never heard of it, there is a fan base out there of River City Girls. River City Girls 2 uh, is coming, and I, but I do believe it might be a Switch-only title. I got to check into that more. Uh, but yeah, if you're looking for an old-school beat-em-up uh, style game, Go check out River City Girls. It's really good. That's coming to PlayStation 5 finally on January 18th. Um, then we got Expeditions Rome coming to PC. Obviously, another one of the titles I probably would have loved, but it's only PC. It's one of those PC games. So right. January 20th, that's coming out. Paparazzi coming to Xbox Series Ooh. consoles and PC. Steel, has this been released on anything else or is this an uh, exclusive? Yeah, it's an exclusive. It's a console exclusive. It's a console exclusive. This is the one. I think we did see this at some point where you're taking pictures of dogs. That's what you're. That's what you, hey, what's that's wrong with what that? You, that's what you're doing, man. It's a simulation game. Why not? So, hey, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Uh, that's coming out January 20th. So if you uh, looking for something, uh, you know what, Caitlin, shout out to Caitlin. I don't know if she's in here yet. Uh, obviously, uh, Fun Speculations uh, wife, uh, Caitlin, you might like this one. Check out Paparazzi. I don't know if you've seen this one yet. Um, and then, of course. Of course, we get to Rainbow Six Extraction. So, again, this was a anybody who does not know the history of this yet. Rainbow Six Siege, obviously, really liked game, really popular game still to this day. It didn't start out that way, but Ubisoft and that team over there turned it into something good. A lot of esports around it. Rainbow Six Siege, either you love it or you don't, usually, when it comes to Siege. Either you love that play style or you don't. Again, I liked it when it first came out. I played a lot of it with my kiddo back in the day, but then I got off of it because, of course, you know, again, Grazer me, I can't stay on anything for very long. Mm -hmm. Jumping back into it now online, look, you're talking about the sweaties, baby. You're talking about, again, it's like, hey, it's, like, yeah. it's like if you're going into Halo ranked and you haven't played Halo before. Right. So you're going to sweat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you're going to get your butt kicked. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people don't like that. But again, it, it's got a big fan base. Anyways, they came out with a special mode. I think it was for like a month long special. Uh, I don't know, like two years ago, I want to say. Like uh, uh, and they had this like alien version where it was your team versus this alien thing. 
Um, and everybody loved it. And then they pulled it. But Ubisoft saw the popularity. Everybody was calling for the mode to come back in classic Ubisoft fashion. Instead of bringing that mode back to the Siege players, they said, hey, we can make a whole game out of this. Let's create Rainbow Six Extraction. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's exactly what they did. So we now get a Rainbow Six Extraction, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Stadia, and PC. So it's basically coming out on everything except for Luna and mobile. Um, and we got the news just last week as we talked about, Steel, that this is coming to Game Pass day and date. So yep. January 20th, you've got Game Pass. Again, look out. It's a, it's a co-op multiplayer. They've got 18 uh, different, uh, they don't call them agents. What do they call them? Operators. Operators. Thank you. Thank you. Operators. I always get those two. I always forget one or the other. Uh, 18 different operators with all different skills. You can power them up. Of course, they're going to have the monetization in there. You're going to be able to change out your skins. You're going to do all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, this game, as we talked about last week, still didn't have a whole lot of hype around it. A lot of people were like, eh, I'm not going to really pay for this. Guess what? It's in Game Pass. Download it. No risk, right? I'm jumping into it. Steel, I know you'll jump into it just because yeah. I'm jumping into it at some point. It's multiplayer. Why not? Right. Yeah. It's on Game Pass. Cool. Um, and uh, so go check it out. Rainbow Six Extraction is coming, uh, especially if you got uh, Game Pass. But I know a lot of people, are, there is a portion of the Siege community that is excited for this. Oh, and yeah. it does no, good, look a good portion. It does, it does look really good. Again, if you know one thing about Ubisoft games, you know it's going to play well. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be polished. Okay. Right. Th there's no doubt about that. Now, whether or not that's enough, we'll find out. Um, but it does have a, it does have potential. Let's put right. it that way. Um, Lord roughness says, can you play extraction single player? Yes, you can. Yes. Um, yes, you, can. you do have the single player option. And it does give you bots and it does, um, from what I've seen, uh, the bots are actually pretty solid. Uh, and they're not t overly terrible. I mean, we'll see when the game comes out. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's always it, hit and miss with that, but aliens look like it had decent bots too. And, and then doesn't. you get down, it, it, they're okay for, for like the first few levels, but you yeah, get but down and dirty no. and it's over. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure it's going to be a much tougher experience, but they did actually promote it in their video, right. which gives me hope that they're actually have had some focus on it and are trying to make it an enjoyable experience for everybody. Right. So yeah, yeah. You can play solo for sure. Um, that's and cool. the other thing too about extraction, cause I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of people make this comment. It is not going in game pass because nobody cared about it. Y'all have to stop saying this dumb shit. Um, and that's just to be just from, that's for me to be Frank. Um, cause there's been several shows that I've heard say this. Yeah. Um, Games don't just come into Game Pass because the game is trash, um, right. by your definition. Again, no. um, this is, and I'm going to go off on a, on a slight tangent here. Um, this, uh, we can kind of call this the Get Help segment, and Pong, you can kind of reel <laughs> me back in or comment if you would like. Um, yeah. And mainly, it's kind of sad that it's stemming off of Extraction, but um, the main thing for me is that y'all out there who make content for people to watch for people to get into and don't do your research or think that you speak for the community need to go sit down somewhere because you don't your opinion isn't that great um you don't speak for anybody and the intellectual stupidity that you put out there is beyond me and the only reason i say that is because people continuously say that games are trash or uh games that come to game pass don't serve a purpose or they only became there because of uh it just didn't get enough attention 
you are just being intellectually dishonest and that's unfortunate. So, and I would have to let people know, stop paying attention to these people. Um, they don't represent us as a community and they're not going to help us grow. Um, and if you guys want to continue to give them attention or whatever, that's up to y'all, man. Um, I'm going to leave that, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, just like anything else. Uh, but it's just, it's frustrating to me because these people really think that they represent us and they don't. Um, as we'll kind of talk about later, um, as, as far as the bigger picture goes, again, console console gaming is bigger than ever. Gaming is, is just bigger than ever. And uh, you definitely just want to listen to people who are more um, in depth, actually play these games and also uh, want to see your community grow, see the industry grow and want to put good information out there. That's the biggest thing for me. Um, Paul, yeah. how are you kind of feeling about that, man? Yeah, no, I mean, again, I... I I've said it that Rainbow Six didn't have the hype behind it that Ubisoft would have liked to see. And again, with co-op multiplayers these days, there's so much competition right. that games get lost without exactly. having a good base. So, you know, part of, again, there's, there's ways to discuss it and to st straight up say that a game is trash and that's why it's going to game pass is not an intelligent or that nobody cared about it. They're right. That's not an intelligent conversation. Is it true that the hype levels were low on this game? And that's part of the reason why you're seeing a drop in a game pass. Absolutely. Of course. Um, again, it, a game like this, a co-op multiplayer, you have even one that you can play solo, you still have to have a player base for it to survive. Right. And obviously Ubisoft, we know again, monetization is huge right now for them. That's what they're trying to do with a lot of their games, right. whether you like it or not. Again, to have that monetization work, you got to have people interested in your game. So dropping a game into Game Pass is free hype. Or dropping into Game Pass and allowing people just to simply click a download button and right. try the game out, that is generating. That's that's marketing, right? That That is free advertising for your game on top of Xbox giving you some money to drop it into Game Pass. And right. again, every Game Pass deal is different for every developer. So who knows? Maybe Xbox simply gave them a small amount of money and said, Hey, we're going to give you a bigger cut of your monetization. They can do those kind of deals as well. Right. There's all sorts of things there. So it's not completely false that the game didn't, you know, is being dropped in the game cat pass because the hype wasn't there, but to simply say that it's trash or nobody cared about it, that that is being intellectually dishonest, right? There, there, there was excitement for this game. There was a lot of Rainbow Six Siege players who've been waiting for this game um, because this is the mode again that they were all wanted to come back to Siege. Right. So again, if there's just ways to discuss it, what Steele's talking about here is that 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 fanboyish way where you simply dismiss a game because it's coming to Game Pass because you personally don't like the Xbox ecosystem. That's the wrong way to think about this. This game could have legs. This right. game could wind up being the next big thing that everybody's streaming. Be. We don't know, right? We don't know. Uh, game Pass is just another vehicle to help with that. And again, like I said, I wasn't going to pay for it. Even when they dropped the price to 40 from 60, I still was like... <sighs> Like, I like the look of it. I, I can see the ideas behind it. It looks really interesting, even though it's been done before with 18 different operators and right. strategy involved right. with building your team. I was kind of, I was kind of excited for it, uh, but I just wasn't going to pay the money up front as a budget gamer, but dropping the game pass. Hell yeah. I'm going to play it. I'm going to download it. I'm going to try the hell out of it. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what, that's what it's about. So um, yeah, definitely still, I agree with you from the mm -hmm. standpoint of some of those people that are being intellectually dishonest that want to talk about that 
from the standpoint of, oh, it's in Game Pass, it's instantly trash. Now, nah, I mean, nah. we, yeah, that, that's been put to bed. Exactly. To bed. And then people also try, I mean, it's the main thing I'm speaking to is people using it as ammo. Because yeah. other yeah. people, the other thing people also say is that they try to make it seem like a bad thing. Like, oh, you got all these co-op and mo- uh, these online based games that go into Game Pass. That, and that's a bad thing. Why they have so many in there? And it's like, I would rather have co-op multiplayer games and Game Pass than any single player game in a in right. whatever service. Right. It's it's what's going to keep you engaged. Like what conversation are we really having here? That right. as, as a gamer, how can you say more games is bad? That's I the don't other get thing. that. Like, I don't get that argument, man. But I either don't. way, uh, again, yeah. not yeah. to not to get so deep into yeah. it. Again, um, we could definitely make this the um, get some help segment, but. <laughs> Again, Rainbow Six Extraction just has brought that out of some people, and I definitely yeah. just wanted to bring that up because... Again, we got to stop bringing attention to these people, but uh, if you like it, I love it, uh, like you, like I usually say. Yeah, uh, but, no, yeah. absolutely. Uh, okay, let's see here. Where were we? Okay, there we are. Um, no, it's a good conversation to have, Steel, and sometimes we got to have those sidebars because it is necessary to, again, because that's what we promote on this show, right? right. So we got to continue with that um when we see it and so i uh, appreciate you bringing that up brother yeah. um wind jammers 2 also coming out on january 20th hey wind jammers yo look i watched some videos i can't remember playing wind jammers one but i've seen videos on this this is like 1v1 dodgeball okay with special abilities it's actually kind of cool there's like a lot to it. There's a strategy involved. It's deeper than it looks when you first look at it. It's got a good following. That's why they've got a sequel coming out. And this is coming out PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, PC. So Windjammers 2 is coming out. Check out the videos on this because I know a lot of people, like I love Super Dodgeball back in the day. Right. <laughs> I go all the way back, right? So Super Dodgeball for me was fantastic. Me and my sister had some epic battles. Oh, right. Excuse me epic battles on uh back on the day on the nes uh i love that game um and so this is similar to that like i said it's like a 1v1 dodgeball but you can you can do all these special throws uh all this craziness happening on screen it's really stylized so check out windjammers 2 um and i think that's all we have on this list here um so obviously let's talk about this real quick still we'll we'll pop in hitman um, and talk about it real quick. Um, we don't have to make a big topic because I know we're on a time limit, but Hitman, the trilogy is coming to Game Pass this week as well. Yes. So, and and the trilogy as a standalone is also dropping this week. It's not on the list for Game Informer um, because it was kind of announced out the blue this right. week. Uh, so anybody who doesn't know, Hitman 3 uh, is a like a portal, Okay. Hitman 3 is a standalone game. By Hitman 3, you can play through all the missions, blah, 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 right? But it's a portal itself. If you owned Hitman 2 or Hitman 1 or both of those content, they updated both Hitman 1 and Hitman 2's levels to the Hitman 3 graphics, okay? Right. Which, first of all, is a big deal. And if you own Hitman 1, 2, or Hitman 1 and 2, or either one of them, and you have Hitman 3, you can actually lo- load into those missions straight through Hitman 3. That's why right. I call it a portal, right? Right. It's a hub. Okay. So <clears throat> what they're doing though is it's always been separate for each one of those. But you could, you know, again, Hitman 3, you could just have access to Hitman 1 and 2 inside of it. That's how I did it because I bought Hitman 1 and 2, the gold editions on sale for like 20 bucks each 
Uh, they've been on sale for a long time. So I have all of them. I, all I have to do is fire up Hitman 3 and I've got access to everything. Well, they're putting it all into one package finally, calling it the Hitman Trilogy. Uh, they are dropping that. You can buy it uh, straight out, you know, whatever else. But along with that steal, they announced this week that the entire trilogy, the entire trilogy, we're talking about hundreds of hours of gameplay is dropping in a game pass. Yep. This is out of the blue. IO Interactive. We know they've got a great relationship with, with Xbox. There's kind of smoke. Leads to something else. There's smoke. There's smoke uh, right. in, in uh, speculation town that eventually an acquisition that this is kind of a, a uh, feeling out period. Uh, mm-hmm. This is kind of a get to know you better period um, where they're working with them on Project Dragon. Uh, Microsoft is funding that game that is going to be an Xbox exclusive um, that is coming out. Jez had a lot to, more to say about it yesterday on the Xbox 2. Shout out to yes. Randall Thor and Jez. Um, and eventually, Xbox could bring IO Interactive into the fold. Hitman 3, Randall Thor believes that it should have been nominated for Game of the Year. And I can definitely hear that argument from what I've played of it. It is one of the most polished games to come out. This is a big get for Game Pass this week. January 20th, it drops right along with Extraction. Steel, what are your thoughts on it? How did you, you know, I I, I know Hitman not, might, might not be your deal, mm-hmm. uh, but still, how do you feel about a drop in the Game Pass? Um, okay, so a couple of things that I uh, that I definitely wanted to address uh, before I get to Hitman and it coming in the Game Pass, okay. which I did, right. do think is an amazing thing. Um, I do kind of want to address Brandon really quickly. Uh, Brandon RLS in the chat. Because um, he was like, hey, you know, um, more games aren't bad, but uh, he wants to make sure that the creators get paid. Um, one thing that I do want to con- consistently say here is that until someone can show proof that Game Pass is negatively affecting the devs, that conversation has to die. Um, that is not of our concern. Obviously, if Game Pass was such an issue, there wouldn't be so many people wanting to get into it, as we've been hearing. Um, and also, it wouldn't be getting the attention that it is garnering. Uh, that's the main thing. Again, I know we like to be sit here and be armchair CEOs and think about these things and think about other um examples and what could be possible and make sure that everybody's getting taken care of i can tell you one thing um if game pass was negatively affecting anybody they wouldn't be doing it and we would definitely be hearing about it think about the day and age that we're in today where people can be canceled six hours from now um if that was really the case we would know about something like that at this point um when we've heard nothing but the opposite uh i just don't want you to be misinformed and i don't want anybody else to be misinformed that that is something that is happening um just because games are coming into game pass doesn't mean that devs aren't getting paid publishers not paying their devs is something completely different um not being upfront, maybe they're in a bad deal or whatever the case might be that's a completely different conversation and companies like square enix companies like activision companies like so on and so forth need for people to speak up about that because that's the bigger problem it's not to get the games in game pass game pass is doing nothing but giving people getting people more attention on their games not causing the devs not to be paid um, because obviously if you do, do a little bit of research, we can also, you can also see that they get paid up front before the game comes into game pass. And again, 
If they're locked into bad deals because of whoever's above them, again, their publishers, whatever the case might be, that's a completely different conversation. No, Outriders for, you know, using the example of Outriders is not a good example. Why? Because it was stated and made apparent that Square Enix is the problem, not Microsoft or Xbox. That is that is visible information that you can type into Google and find out for yourself. This is what I mean by what what I say about being intellectually dishonest. Look up this information. Take a little bit of a time and really look into these things before you just kind of speak, man. Because uh, again, if you want to push the community forward, you want to see us grow, see the industry move forward. These are the things that are important. And I don't mean to spend so much time on this, but it's something that bothers me because that is something that we need to address. Everybody wants to talk about how much of a real gamer they are or whatever else the case may be, but then want to give out improper information. It's not right. Right. Um, again, Steel, this is an important side. I'll leave it there. Leave it there. No, this is an important sidebar though, Steel. And this is what we you and I are about. So Brandon, we appreciate you coming in here with Yeah, love your opinion. We we appreciate you. Again, this is not the type of show where we shut down. uh, We will shut down fanboys who walk in here and want to spew nonsense because Steel and I are about that energy. Mm -hmm. But if you want to have an honest, open conversation, you want to bring something to the table, we can absolutely do that. And Steel and I are flexible. This show is completely flexible. Steel and I do this... We do this off the rip. We, we this is not one of those structured shows, right? right? So let me let me let me say this, Brandon. Let me say this, Brandon. Outriders, you're using that as a specific example, okay? Because the dev people can fly came out and complained about not getting paid by Square Enix, as Steel was just saying. That is a business agreement between people can fly and Square Enix. What Square Enix does or doesn't do to pay people can fly. That is their problem. The deal with Game Pass has nothing to do with that. If people can fly signed a bad contract, and I'm not saying that's what happened, but again, from the dev's point of view, and this is a bigger issue overall in the industry, you can look this up as well, that outside of Game Pass, a lot of devs are signing deals with publishers and never get to see the sales information. Okay, that's a big problem within the industry itself and has zero to do with Game Pass. That's something that's been going on for decades. Right. Publishers not giving their devs, even some of the first party devs don't know what they've sold. Exactly. So so that is a bigger issue. But if you make a bad deal with a publisher, unfortunately, that's on you. Now, Square Enix is not honoring a a good deal, a good contract with People Can Fly, then People Can Fly have to fight that out with Square Enix, and obviously they have options to do so. Exactly. But Game Pass itself is optional. Game Pass itself is not a forced thing. 100%. Game Pass Pass itself... Yep. Game Pass itself, you can go look it up on how many devs have come out and said how great it is for them. Now, is every deal at the end of the day, could there be some deals that work more in favor of Xbox and the devs? Sure, but the devs weren't forced into it. They walked into that agreement room, and Xbox Phil has come out and said specifically that they go ahead and work with each dev, and they give them different Game Pass deals based upon what the dev wants to do. Right. Okay, so they themselves will go ahead and, and write up a contract, a deal 
based upon what the devs goals are and what they would like to see. Some devs want a big sum up front and don't care about the back end because yep. that helps them cover their costs, right? Some devs want to see a smaller amount up front and then right. want a bigger portion of the downloads or or however they work it out. So there's flexibility within Game Pass deals. And you can look all that up yourself too. Outriders is one specific instance where a dev has a problem with the publisher not paying them right. and them not knowing the sales figures. And like I said, that's a bigger issue, not Game Pass related. Right. So again, Game Pass overall is just an option for the devs, for the publishers to make a deal if they want to exactly. or not make a deal. But again, there is... A lot more people out there talking about how Game Pass has helped them, how it's increased sales, than there is anybody who has come out and complained that Game Pass didn't do them a favor, right? Because again, that would have been an optional agreement that they entered into knowing full well what the deal was up front, okay, period. And again, if you make a bad business decision, that's personal responsibility. You got to, right. you that that's on you. That's right. not on Game Pass. So again, just and, go go look and go it's look. not to it's, and it's not to attack you directly branded it's I mean, not shot, attacking it's, it's an it's an you bring up an amazing point um and it's just it's something that i do want to give people clarification on yeah. is because yeah. people do say education. those things it's education um, so yes. we definitely want to be as upfront with you as possible and let you and definitely say yo you bring up some you bring up some good points but yes we want the creators to get paid too but if you want the creators to get paid you're looking in the wrong place if you're thinking if you're looking at game pass that's not the place to look look at the publishers look at these deals that are being made um and i and there's nothing wrong with being real being honest but if that's what you're really looking at you're looking on the right wrong side of the fence yeah. and that's to anybody look at the bigger picture not what's happening with game pass has been nothing but a benefit to devs and garnered more attention than if ever than they've ever gotten again it, 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 and if game pass was terrible if game pass was screwing over people if phil and his team were being dishonest guess what no devs would be signing up for game pass exactly we, we again we live Nobody in an would. age of accessibility and if yep. that was really the case we would 100 percent know about it people would make sure uh, again, we got their Jason Shrives out there. You got yeah. Jeff Keeley. You got people who would make sure that people knew about these kinds of things. But correct, and um, the devs themselves okay. speak, right? The devs yes, themselves talk. True. It's a small. It's a community, right? They would all be telling each other, "Don't do Game Pass." Phil and his team are screwing people over. You don't want any part of that. That's exactly the opposite yeah. that we see happening right now. Exactly. So again, I think more people than not are happy with Game Pass. Again. Could there be a situation that happens with a dev that they sign a deal that they think is a good deal up front? They get a boatload of money. They're happy with it. Their game explodes and right. they're not getting the back end money off of that. And they look back on it and go, dang, man, maybe we should have cut a different deal. Right. Yeah, that happens. That happens in every happens industry in across business. all businesses. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. business, right? So that that could happen. But the devs are getting paid. They're not dropping their games in the game pass for free. I can tell you that much. Yeah, Xbox no, paid. that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. And we just got to, well, I mean, I, again, I, and I, I'm pretty sure I can speak for Pong on this too. We just got to yeah. get out of this mindset that we need to worry about uh, whether Microsoft is making sure people are getting paid or not. Game Pass is nothing but a benefit to us as the consumer, and we don't need to worry about like on the back end of the information unless we hear otherwise. We're not need. We don't need to worry about that. And, and if it's Brandon, a failure, Microsoft will eat it as a failure. <laughs> right. 
Correct. The industry will move on. And Brandon, exactly. hey, for you personally, if you are worried about that, Game Pass is an option for you as well. Yeah, an option. You, you don't have to do Game Pass. You can still buy all exactly. those games. That's the great That's the important part. part. Of it. yes. It's not Netflix. It's not Netflix. That's where the Netflix analogy goes goes left right because at that point netflix only is streaming those movies to you yeah, you have no option to buy and you don't hear about anybody talking about actors about directors mm -hmm. about producers not getting paid on netflix side right you don't hear about that at all right and you can't even buy those movies you're only streaming over on xbox side game pass you can buy the games you can join game pass you can do both you can do only buying and you don't have to join Game Pass, right? So that's the difference here is that they you still have that option yourself as a consumer to make that choice as well. Right. And either way, cool with us. Don't don't care what you do with your money at all. I never pocket watch anybody. Don't care. Right. You do what you feel is best. But like I said, over on Netflix side, there's not even an option to buy and you don't hear people not getting paid over there. You don't hear that argument right. how how movie studios are getting screwed over by Netflix. But you hear that about Netflix happening. spending more money. Right, exactly. That's exactly. what you do hear about, right? Yep. Exactly. And and that's just and that's just a bigger point, right? Uh again, we we pride ourselves in, on being intellectually honest, um really just giving you guys that information, giving it to you passionately, uh and just making sure that we're trying to again, because me and Pong do take that RTS view, real-time strategy view, pulling ourselves out from the world to look at the darker places of that map to really dig into the crevices of what could be going on. Um, I feel like that is something that's a lot different than other what other places offer. Um, it's something that I really pride ourselves in. Now, you can let you can let us know if we're doing if we're not that. But again, I do feel like we do approach it from a different standpoint. And again, why I wanted to make sure to address this point because it's. Yep. It's a personal thing. The conversation continues to go on. Um, and I just want to offer that clarification on it because yep. not a lot of other people want to want to talk about yep. that. So and just to clarify that that final point, Steel 2, is again, if Game Pass is bad for the industry, it will die off. Subscription services will go away and the industry will move forward. Okay. That's exactly what would happen. Right. Okay. If it's not good for everybody, it won't make it. It won't succeed. But I'm telling you right now, it's succeeding. For a reason, because everybody is happy on all sides. Xbox is happy, the devs, publishers are happy, and we as consumers are happy. Exactly. That's what's happening right now. And again, if that goes away, if they change how they do business and they try, you know, screwing people over, it'll all dry up and go away. It'll Game Pass will be first party only, right? Exactly. And that's not that's not what's happening right exactly. now. Exactly. So, so um yeah no but thanks Brandon for coming in and contributing. Yeah, man, again, Steel me. and I love to do that. Hell we yeah. love to do this. That's why we no. that's why we love involving the chat. Um, we do that all the time. We can go back to previous shows. Um, all, every time somebody says something in the chat and we bring it up in conversation, we definitely yeah. want to talk about it. Again, that's yeah. what I feel like is something that that is unique to us. Um, we don't mind having those conversations. I don't ever want to lose that. Uh, again, no. there's a reason why we don't script this show. I don't get. I don't stay up late at night with Pong um, on Thursday <laughs> night um, and be like, "Hey, man, let's make sure we really no." We like being spontaneous we like having the open conversations it's the passion that drives us and more so than anything else right um but just to bring it back around to hitman um about the whole hitman trilogy coming into game pass um as you asked me paul i think it's an amazing thing uh one reason because 
someone i do have a slight interest in the hitman right um again i do love my third person games hitman is somewhat up there now um i have had chances to play hitman one and two um and i've had have some and i have had some good times with them now is it something that i go up in arms about and i'm ready to get no but the fact that it's coming into game pass um, I did find myself thinking about it a little bit last night when I heard, well, the day before, uh, but I was thinking about it last night that, damn, I'm going to be able to play Hitman. So it's like the fact that I, I'll be, have the ability to download it, try it out, catch a couple bodies, stuff with somebody in the, in a garbage can, maybe swap out some costumes with the guard and really, really finesse this, the game because that's what it challenges you to do to be as stealthy as possible to use creativity to approach the levels in different manners to get those points to score as high as you can um on these different maps and things i think that that's an amazing thing and it's going to cause hitman to get more attention than it's ever gotten before i think that's the main thing because a lot of people are kind of standoffish about it like oh, i don't know um and especially for hitman 3 the kind of um, as some people have said, has you know, some people have considered it their game of the year in some facets. So it's it's one of those things that gets me interested. And again, I find myself kind of thinking about it, like, man, I I don't want to try some Hitman right now. And I think when it releases, I'm definitely going to give give that a shot, give it a run through. Again, I'm not the most stealth driven person. Uh, my wife would tell you all the time, every Splinter Cell that I've played, uh, you know, the point in Splinter Cell is to be stealthy. And before you know it, I'm halfway through the level, lighting everybody up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's just yep. how I that's just how I get down. <laughs> it happens. Bab does too. And Rambo then, style. <laughs> and, and, and it's like it's it's like it's a mixture between. I'm like before you know it I'm, I'm in a mixture between splinter cell and the the greatest like any action rpg game that you could ever have played like <laughs> at, at any point in the moment but, but i i love doing it that way because then that next time um that's what makes those games replayable uh let me approach it a different way let me see how i can attack it at this angle let me hide, let me go outside this way hang out the roof uh hang out the window grab them out you know there's different perspectives and things um i think it coming to game pass is an amazing thing um i think it does nothing but give credence to exactly what we just speak speaking on which is why i kind of wanted to bring that bring that up before i got in hitman yeah. Yeah. um is getting more access more eyes and it doesn't do nothing but benefit the dev and possibly kind of lead the or show them the road on to them making their next game um i made a comment earlier this week um i know actually i think it was either yesterday or the day before that because people were trying to talk about god of war and i guess we can kind of segue into that um where the god of war devs came out and said hey we want we want our game to come to PC. Like they straight up knocked on the doors of the, the you know the 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 top the top guys doors and was like, "Look, we want our game to be on PC. Why? Because it's going to garner more attention. You guys and I and I made the comment that everybody wants your single player games to thrive and live on. The only way to do that is if they get more attention. 20 again a game like spider-man getting 20 to 30 million copies sold whatever it's at right now we'll just say 25 million um sold after 2018 it's four years later is it going to cut it you need those sales up front so they can see because whether they can see they want to make that next game because that that is what drives it game development doesn't start four years after the next the game comes out it starts 
a year after, two years after, where they start drafting things up and starting to get into the conversation of where they wanted to go. Spider-Man selling as much as it did initially is why we're getting Spider-Man 2. Not only Sony also has the uh, the movie side of it that has been doing really well with Spider-Man, uh, especially with Tom Holland in the picture because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know what I mean? So it's like it goes hand in hand with each other. Um, as far as the reason, again, Days Gone didn't get that attention because it didn't get it up front. It had issues, bugs, it got bad ratings. Sony cares about those things. Uh, when we, we also know that they are just very picky and choosy when it comes to that. Um, because there are other games that maybe haven't rated so high, but they have given a chance to. So, but overall, it just goes right back to they, the reason that these games are coming to PC. And again, it does not devalue your console. That's the other thing about it too. Um, that I kind of want to add in here is that the devs obviously see that it doesn't devalue the console because um, there was actually a video that I was going to put up. Uh, I kind of stepped back from it, um, but I probably should have just posted it. Um, and I was saying in my, in my little video that I kept to myself that not everybody PC gaming isn't for everybody. There's a reason why Pong doesn't want to play on PC. There's a reason why anybody else doesn't want to play on PC because it's not for everybody. And the biggest suggestion that I can make to anyone is if you do not have a genuine interest in computers, don't be a PC gamer. You're going to run into frustration. You're going to run into issues. You're going to run into situations where you have to troubleshoot and you're going to be frustrated. Console gaming, you don't run into that. It either it either works or it doesn't. And nine times out of ten, almost ten out of ten, I can say nine point five out of ten times, your console, as soon as you turn it on, it works. No questions. You're not thinking about it. You're not whatever. You're not running into a um, some error with some hardware saying, hey, you know, maybe you need to look into these different things. Oh, here, or you're having some kind of system error, eight hundred, whatever. You don't have to look stuff up on Google. Uh, you're waiting for Xbox to fix it. You're waiting for Nintendo to fix it. You're waiting for PlayStation to fix the issue. And then boom, you're right back online. No thoughts, no gimmicks, nothing. And people have to stop telling anybody else, oh, you should just get a PC. That is not an answer. There's a reason why there's such a discrepancy in the market. Yes, PC gaming is bigger than both console markets combined even if you want to include Nintendo. It is. But that doesn't mean that everybody wants to be a PC gamer. Consoles are not going to become extinct because of PC gaming. No, what it's going to do is cause more traction, more eyes, again, giving more accessibility to people, causing more, influx of, uh, more of an influx of money to come in Therefore, supporting those single player games, whether it's first person, third person, whatever the case, JRPG, RPGs, no matter what it is, that is all that it's doing. Point blank, period. Obviously, it's not devaluing the console because console sales are bigger than they have ever been. And we'll get in that also. But kind of pass it off to Pong because I have been talking for a little bit. Paul, how do you feel about this whole thing? Uh, kind of moving over. I know you brought it to me with Hitman and then I kind of yeah. carried it into, into um, about this whole thing with God of War, it coming to PC um, and then the whole discrepancy with um, 
there being an issue or people saying that, hey, it kind of devalues the console um, it, with these games coming to PC and then devs, uh, we us hearing the devs knocking on doors saying, hey, we want our games on PC, hit them also, us coming out with the news, uh, with them coming out with the news, I should say, that it's actually been in development for two years. What do you think about this whole situation? Does it devalue the console? What is your opinion on this whole thing, man? Yeah, first of all, uh, let's go back to Hitman real quick here. Uh, real quick, uh, just sure. wanted to say, uh, agree with all your points, Steel. You were spot on with that. Again, with for IO Interactive, again, shout out to them. One of the up-and-coming developers in the space. They now have the 007 license. We're making getting a Bond game. You could not find a better partner uh, to make a Bond game than somebody who does Hitman. Uh, I think they're going to knock that out of the park. But for IO to drop the trilogy into Game Pass, like you were saying, Steel, that accessibility to allow people that have not experienced it or look at Hitman and go, I really don't know if that's a game that I would be interested in. Um, You know, again, people can get misconcepted get in a misconception they can develop misconceptions based upon just looking at something right uh because a lot of times when you look at hitman even if you hear people talk about it sometimes it doesn't filter in um until you actually get your hands on with a game and and from the outside looking in hitman could look very like oh man i gotta i gotta find the, the the there's there's probably like one really right path right, right? there i gotta find that path I, it's gonna it's be not. tedious not at all. It's a sandbox. Okay. Well, Hitman <laughs> is straight up a sandbox. You can do whatever you want in that. Like you said, Steel, sometimes you just go full Rambo, right? You just, yeah, exactly. you're just gunning down. You can do that. Mav, shout out to fun speculation to Chad. He's the same way. His first playthrough that actually, I always say that I don't get FOMO, but watching him play Hitman 3 on day one, gave when he yeah, gave me some. And I actually bought Hitman 3 because of it. Um, Hitman is his ultimate sandbox, right? And so I think now people can jump into it risk-free and more people, and I brought this up last night on Xbox Ultimate, it's a lot like Yakuza. Right, exactly. A lot of of people have looked at Yakuza and said, that's not... That's not really my style. I'm not going to enjoy that. Yakuza drops in a game pass, and all you hear is talking about Sega. Oh, my God, we've opened up a whole new pool of fans who are spending money on our games now. Right. And who love the Yakuza franchise. Right. Those people shout out to Stubbs. I don't know if he's in the chat yet. He, usually, no, he shows up at some him. point. Stubbs is one of those guys. Stubbs is one of those guys who said he would never have played Yakuza. Right. Now he, it's one of his favorite games of all time. That exactly. series. And those people go out and buy judgment. Right. Exactly. This is what it does for IO Interactive. IO Interactive, again, to this day, is still supporting these games. They went back and brought one and two, as I said before, up to the three graphics level. They do the work. They are one of the, they are one of those up and coming developers that I think is under the radar because they're one of those. Well, I mean, they got themselves out of the Square Enix deal. Right. Square Enix obviously lost interest in them, sold them, gave them back the rights to Hitman. For God's sakes, how many times does that we see that happen where a publisher will give the rights back to the developer as they're walking out the door? But they did that. Right. So now they've got full control of that franchise. They come out with Hitman 3, show the world that they understand exactly what hit, makes Hitman Hitman. And each game has gotten better and better and better. Exactly. So now they introduce a whole new audience to Hitman 3 and people start going, IO Interactive, wow, this is a really good developer. Right. Bond comes out. Man, I'm gonna I really enjoyed Hitman 3. I'm gonna go check out Bond now because exactly. yeah, oh my 
my God, Bond? Yeah. Hitman? Heck yeah, this is going to be a great game. Project Dragon, Xbox exclusive. Oh my God, they're going to try something new with an RPG. Well, they did so great, much like how we talk about Playground taking over Fable. Well, IO hasn't done that style before, Mm -hmm. but their games are such high quality. They're so polished. Yeah, I'm going to have some faith in Project Dragon coming out great, even though it's a completely different genre. Right. That's what it does for somebody like IO, and it's just about getting more eyes on something that is really really good again io games come out polished polished they are you didn't hear about problems with hitman 3 at all like that no not like not Not like that at all and they've continued to update it they've got seasons going on they keep putting content in there all sorts of new stuff to try out it is a great sandbox game and more people are going to get to play it so that's fantastic as far as the god of war stuff goes out yeah this was really this is really interesting Corey barlog um really outspoken dev yeah Uh, we know that he talks a lot on twitter social media um really gives us a lot of behind the scenes on stuff a lot of uh, on a lot of different topics and when he came out and said this i gotta scratch my head a little bit at how he presented it because i can't i don't see like like i said we will never know i'd love books to be written on every single situation in the gaming industry because i think it would be so interesting to see how this stuff goes down that's why the power on documentary by xbox was so fantastic because it gave us a glimpse actually how this stuff happens but i got to scratch my head a little bit in his comments i his comments made it seem like the devs and it wasn't just you know it wasn't just the the santa monica studio it was other studios supposedly as well I don't think they had really had to go to Jim Ryan and twist his arm to get no, these games on PC no, <laughs> from, no. because Jim Ryan being the, the businessman that he is, this was part of his plan all along. He's been yeah. looking at Xbox and what they've been doing. He understands the money left on the table by only having your games locked down to a console that he understands is capped. He's publicly said that, right? right? We're, we're capping ourselves here. Why are we capping ourselves when there's all this bigger pie, which is what Xbox has been saying for years now. And we saw that move when they said, nope, our game's day and date going to PC, period, period. We're, we're, we're launching them same time. Right. Because that is a big piece of money that you're leaving on the table. So I don't think it's quite like Corey says it, like they walked into his office and started twisting his arm and saying, right. Jim, you're going to put our games on PC. We want them over there. Jim was probably like, yeah, no, I'm already working on that right now. <laughs> Glad you guys are supportive, but I've already got that in the plans. But it's still, it's interesting to hear that because like to your point, Steele, this nonsense that the circus, the clown show yeah. continuously likes to spew about, it devalues my purchase, it devalues my console. Mm-hmm. PlayStation name is no longer as great as it once was because now I PC players get to enjoy what I get to enjoy. That nonsense, again, is from the loud minority in this community that has been doing this this crazy talk, the talk that Steele and I like to say, get some help on, because you're not looking at the industry the way you should be. You've got this old sports mentality of it's us versus them, and uh, we've got to keep our little pile of gold to ourselves. Otherwise, if we share it with everybody else, that gold is less valuable. That's not how it works now because when you share (laughs) it with everybody else those people themselves add to that pile of gold and you got a bigger pile of gold sitting there right that's how this works in this industry this is a business 
Or, okay. I mean, the other thing too is the other, because yeah. uh, the other thing people use also, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Pong, uh, but the other thing people always throw in there too is, oh, look at that. Uh, the game's getting pirated. And it's like, Pirating has always been a thing. Like, I'm sorry, guys. We live in an internet age. Um, y'all remember LimeWire? You remember Napster? You remember all those things back in the day that used to do that, like, easily? Oh, yeah, of course. If you weren't careful, you get a virus. But um, pirating is just something, especially in this day and age, where we're not going to get away from. Now, is there things that we can do to try to prevent this? Hell, yeah. Of course there is. They're and they're trying. trying. But guess <laughs> but. what? As we move more, as we continue to move forward, people are going to get more access. And at the end of the day, if pirating was that big of a... Th and I'm not going to say it's not that big of a thing, but if it was that big of an influx to where it was kind of pointless for people to do it, they wouldn't even consider it. But it's kind of one of those things to where even people who pirate games, and trust me, I know from firsthand because I've been around people that at this at this point, and I've been doing gaming for a long time, where people have pirated games and bought that same game the sure. next day because they loved it so much. Sure, there's Pe some people, people like do that. that. Now, look, is that look, everybody? It, 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 no, no, but... No, it destroyed the music. Dreamcast. That's one of the reasons why the Dreamcast failed, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. it was so easy to pirate games. Right. Um, but but again, with the PC market, like you're, you're stating, Steel, it's been around for so long, and yet you still see some crazy sales numbers. Exactly, games, exactly. Right, and you still see some fantastic... So, yes, of course, take the good with the bad, right? And the bad side is, is that that availability from a pirated version does happen. However... Like you said, Steel, there's still more people buying the game than there are pirating it. And, see, and, that, and that hasn't changed. And see, I think that's also part of the reason why we're getting more service-based games is because it's harder to pirate those games. Um, if you pirate an online game, you're going to get caught nowadays. Especially if you're, because there's a certain key that they, when you buy these games that they give you to play online. And unless you're going through all the hoops to make sure you're not going to get caught, you're going to get your account banned yep. on everything. They don't play about that. So it's like, yes, is us getting more service-based games, more online games, kind of a uh, double-edged sword? Hell yeah, it is. But there's a reason for it. Even yeah. in single-player games, there's some single-player games out there where you have to be online to play. Correct. There's a reason for that. Yep. Um, and again, somebody else brought up a good point. People want are up in arms about DRM and everything, you know, the ability to play your games offline or whatever the case might be, and moving forward because of servers get, getting pulled down or whatever the case, kind of like how we've seen with the Halo 3 servers getting pulled down, even though Halo 3 is still accessible through the Master Chief Collection. Um, it's a double-edged sword because if we take DRM completely away, yeah, it's a problem. If it stays... It's even easier. It's even easier. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's all a double-edged sword. And the biggest thing that we can do, and I know it's something that me and Pong always speak to, is just be vocal. Uh, you know, speak with your wallet, speak with your mouth, tell people what it is and how you're feeling about it, and then move forward. You know what I'm saying? It's the only thing we could do. Uh, create more voices in the community. Uh, don't let people get away with this type of thing. And then at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Just stick to what you preach. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't mean to interrupt you, Paul. My fault. No, 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 no. That's cool. I mean, again, I, I at the end of the day, this is a business move. It's good for everybody involved. 
uh, more people get to enjoy a game, which is a, a, why people have a problem with that. I have no idea. Uh, but again, you got the, the clowns who, who have a mindset that I just can't even wrap my head around. I right. can't even get to their point, like to understand, like I understand competition. I understand having your preferences. I understand loving your preferences. I understand all that kind of stuff. Again, been around sports in the sports world for long for enough long time, to, yeah. to, to, to get it. There's, there's fanboys in sports that take it over the top. And right. I look at them and I'm like, you're really going to get in fights and throw beer and stuff at a stadium over this stuff. Really? Right. I, that like, I've seen it enough, like that part of it, like, sure that's there, but I still don't understand the mentality behind it because again, more people enjoying something, more people bringing more money to the platform that you love, which right. in turn gives you more content because they can make more games and buy more studios and right. do all this kind of, there is no downside to that from a gamer standpoint right in my in, in my thinking right so i've never had that mentality so i'm glad to see it and if Corey, you know if Corey's speaking 100 truth and it took the the studios to stand up and say we want our games on pc and that helped move forward this process good on them good on them because then they understand as well they want more people to enjoy their games too uh, that that only helps them internally as those exactly. sales numbers go up. So good on them. Uh, again, I, I love to hear it. Um, you know, and let, let's talk about this. Well, we're at Sony. Joanna Dark brings up an interesting. Mr. I Joanna was going to say, yeah, go ahead. Good yeah, stuff. brings up an interesting like question, and we can kind of roll this into the PlayStation Four news too. Keep let's this rolling uh, as well. Um, so, you know, again, this week it was it was announced um, both uh, to hate and both to praise that the Sony PlayStation 4 would continue production. Sony was going to produce uh, somewhere about a million more PS4 yep. consoles as they can't you know, get enough PS5s out there to right. satisfy everybody. They don't have a second lower skew like uh, Xbox does, which has obviously been a genius move. Yep. Um, wh whether they knew it or not at the time, obviously they, they knew that it could be successful, yep. but the state of the world has obviously accelerated that success as well yes um so sony to counter that and from a business standpoint say hey we're going to keep producing ps4 our games coming out this year are big three forza uh forza horizon forbidden west grand turismo 7 yeah. and uh god of war if they get that out again i'm in the camp that they are going to get that out they're going to bookend this year and god of war ragnarok will be there <laughs> at the end of the year all three of those games are going to be cross-gen which right. we already knew so why not keep pumping out PlayStation 4s? GameStop, like you said, Steel, GameStop does not give you an extra penny than they have to. In fact, they try to steal pennies from you. Yeah. Uh, they are giving big dollar for trade-ins of these old systems. That I is can crazy. Still, I can still get like, I think I looked it up for my, my VCR Xbox One. I can still get like $150, $175 trade-in right now. That's <laughs> it's insane. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous but that's how in demand gaming is right. And people are looking for consoles. And if they can't find one of the current gen consoles, then they're going to even buy an older console. So their family has something to do because people are staying at home more and more and more. Right. And that entertainment value is there coming out of gaming. So that's what they're doing. So Sony says, Hey, we're going to keep making PS4s. People are going to keep buying them. We're going to keep doing it. You know, we got the official word, even though we knew it last year, the Xbox right. had already shut down the Xbox one 
Uh, they weren't making any more that started. They did that for. They did that on purpose. Yeah, they did it on purpose, of course. Sure. And they knew, but that's part of the Series S strategy, right? Oh, yeah. That was what they had it planned. So, and it worked out. So, but oh, yeah. Sony never said that. So this week, a lot of people are unhappy. A lot of people using it uh, on the Xbox side. The Xbox fanboys are using it, obviously, to throw back at Sony guys because Sony guys were saying that the Series S was going to hold back this generation. Right. And now we have Sony committing to last gen, even yep. more so. Even though they came out and said they were going to do it for three years, hey, they're going to still produce PS4s. From my standpoint, solid business move. You got to do what you got to do. You got to use what you have. And if you've got the ability to pump out PS4s, yep. pump out PS4s. Continue to sell them until they Different don't hardware. sell. Yep. Different. Yep. Just keep doing it. You got games that are good. You got new games that are going to play on that system. Hey. Go for it, man. You got to sell what you got to sell. So I'm all about it. Great move on Sony's part. Uh, but to get to Mr. Joanna Dark's question here real quick. Uh, he said, Pong Soul, do you think so Sony adds the ability to stream PS5 games on PS4 when they launch the rumored Spartacus service since the PS4 is their economical entry into their ecosystem? Mr. Joanna Dark, this is a giant question and a very good one. Short answer is no, not out the gate. I don't think that they've put yeah, the no. work in on the back unless they've been doing something very secretively. Yeah, a, a, been, a lot of R&D. <laughs> right. A lot of unless they've been working with Microsoft and that whole deal that we heard about that they had, you know, bought some of the servers. Um, unless behind the scenes, they've been putting PS5 blades up into those servers like Xbox did with the Series X blades. That is not really a possibility unless that hardware has been made available to the servers and unless they've got a lot of servers all of a sudden. Again, is it possible? Yeah, we heard about the deal with Microsoft, so they could certainly have been doing that behind the scenes, but per no, I don't think they've been doing that. I been, think that they've been focused on getting as many PS5s into the wild as possible. Right. I don't think that they are of the same mentality that Xbox is because Xbox's commitment to the cloud and streaming has been something that's been happening for years now. And that commitment led to them saying, we're going to sacrifice Series X sales to make sure the blades are updated so we can stream those current gen titles to our older hardware. I don't think Sony's made that commitment yet. Now, down the road, could that happen? Once the situation kind of gets normalized and they've got PS5s? Yeah, I think that's something down the road they will look at doing for sure. I just don't think out the gates they're going to do it. Steel, you got anything to add on that one? Um, yeah, I mean that's and actually on the PS4 situation. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so just attack, um, Mr. Joanna Dark's question first. Um, yeah, I mean I have to hundred percent agree with you. I don't think they're going to do it off rep unless they've been doing uh, again, like I was saying, a lot of R and D on the back end, which um, maybe they could have again. Um, from what we've heard in the beginning of this generation, PlayStation was out to kill Microsoft. Um, obviously, that picture didn't play out, uh, obviously. And we see that Microsoft also had um, some ammo just in the, in the tuck, just in case. Um, they had, they, Xbox has been doing a lot of back-end work. Um, they've been working on that since 2013, 2017, that we know for sure, where this whole back compatibility, um, really since the Xbox 360, um, this whole back compatibility, uh, back, backwards compatible compatibility thing sorry i can't talk um has really been a focus for them where we're now going to see that is playstation ready for that 
Um, I I mean, if the rumors are true that PlayStation is going to drop a service to where you have access to PlayStation one through three games. Oh, yeah, that can be a killer. And that would give me a reason to invest because there's an access to the library at that point. And that would be an amazing thing, and that could be a punch in the gut to Microsoft. Sure, does does Microsoft offer those same things, but let's also be honest, Sony has great IP that over those years, as you know, Pong, as a single-player experience kind of guy, that could be a killer thing for PlayStation. That, again, that could be the gut check. Like, boom, Look at all this. I look. Look at the, all these games that we're kind of bringing forward. Now, what's going to kill Sony is I see people bringing it up. Oh, you know, if they do it through emulation and everything. I do not think that Sony has anything set up like Microsoft has to up-res and bring the frame rate up on these older games. Still on PC to this day. Same thing for Xbox, though. Um, people are having a hard time emulating these older games. Even on PC, even the PlayStation 3, they're still struggling. Yes, are there games coming out every day that people are getting more access to on PC through emulators? Yes. They're not emulating PlayStation 4 games. Are there some? Yes. But it's very few and far in between. So that kind of shows me that that isn't quite there yet. Yes. Is there something there for Xbox? not on the PC side, but there is for Microsoft because they have been working on that internally. And not to interrupt you, Steele, but there was a patent for anybody who doesn't know, there was a patent this week that was found, a recent patent, I think it was in December, uh, from Mark Cerny, um, and he patented some type of new technology, some type of new way that looks like he's and his team have found Mm -hmm. uh, to possibly... Possibly. Again, we don't know what this is going to bring. We don't know what this is for sure. But the 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 term the terminology they were using in the patent made it seem like they had found some way to do backwards compatibility for PlayStation. Uh, but right now, it's just pretty much streaming um, the old games and the PS3 games are a problem because of the cell processor and because right. of the architecture that they used in the PS3, which was a nightmare for devs back then. And now it's a nightmare to try to get it to emulate. It's a nightmare for yep. everybody. Uh, but it seems like Mark Cerny has had a breakthrough in some way on some new backwards compatibility um, processes. And again, could those processes include an up res? Could those uh, processes? Inc- yes, absolutely. Oh, they yeah. could include they could. that. We will have to wait and see. But that was a patent that came out this week. Part of a little bit of news that kind of slid under the radar for right. some people. So I just wanted to bring that in. No, that's a good point. Is exactly yeah. what I was going to uh, reference to okay. is that exact patent. Um, okay. Right Sorry, now, is it, do, no, you're good. You're good. I mean, that's what that's what makes the sh- that's what makes the show yeah. so lovely. Yeah, is that because we bounce off of each other? Uh, you know exactly where I was where I was going to get into, which is an amazing thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's exactly that. Um, the fact that they put out a patent shows you the competition. Right. It shows you what Xbox has continued to do again. Not only in the online gaming space, because Sony's actively working on that. You think that Sony doesn't want to have multiplayer games that they're not known for now? Oh, yeah, they do. They know that multiplayer games give people the reason to stay invested in your ecosystem, which is the one advantage, if anybody wants to call it an advantage, that Microsoft has always had. And Microsoft has done this since release, since 2001. 
They've made Sony <laughs> manufacture an add-on for the PlayStation 2 so that you could play online. So you obviously see that that play is there. This whole thing, again, with the backwards compatibility thing, this has been one of the other, this has also been a Sony, a weakness for Sony, although it was a strength to, for them in the past, right? The PlayStation 3, you could, you could use your, wasn't, weren't you able to use your PlayStation 2 discs on the PlayStation 3? Yeah, they they took it away. But I yes, mean, yeah, the, I mean, yeah, the, they took the, it away. The, but the first version of PlayStation 3 was backwards compatible with PlayStation 2. So the vision was there. But they obviously, as again, Sony and their whole generations thing, and also the money side of it, because we have to be upfront. I um, also saw somebody else make an excellent point. <laughs> I thought it was a, oh, it was on a TikTok, so uh, that's that's a funny thing to bring in. Uh, but I saw this guy mentioned on this TikTok say, um, <laughs> Sony should rename themselves PlayStation because PlayStation is mainly what they sell now. <laughs> of course, there are they're in other industries. Again, they're now trying to get into the electric car market. Um, they are in insurance, uh, as we know for in that Asian market. But what do you know Sony for? PlayStation. Back in the day, they were known for other things. Yeah, yeah. The pillar is Sony. But you know Sony from when you hear Sony, the first thing you think of is PlayStation. When you hear Microsoft, you don't think of Xbox first. You think of Windows. Well, we do. I mean, we do, but we're gamers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? But even then, even then when I think of Microsoft, because I've been invested in the ecosystem since about Windows 95, I think of Windows first, automatically. Right. I don't think of Xbox when I think of Microsoft. I think of Windows because that's what attaches me to Microsoft. I use it all the time. I've been using it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But there's a there's that difference there service-based company versus a hardware-based company and what they're kind of what they're kind of known for in the space now and kind of how they're approaching the market um again they're still fighting for that to be the sending center of your living room be the center of your entertainment to be the one-stop shop for all your needs whether it's gaming whether it's movies whether whatever the case music whatever the case they're both in that avenue and both sides have things that work to their advantage. Microsoft on the server side and then uh, PlayStation on the hardware side because that's what they're good at. PlayStation could easily go in the background and that's why it wouldn't be surprising if this patent comes to be true because that's what Sony is good at, making hardware. There's a reason they're known for PlayStation and TVs and other hardware devices. So uh, that's kind of that's kind of how I feel definitely on that aspect of it as far as um, them making, uh, the, the, you know, bringing ma making more PlayStation 4s and everything else. Again, they have to. They didn't have an alternative option. They have a digital version. That's not an that's not an alternative option. That's not two ninety nine kind of so where it takes, it, the same, it, it takes the same silicon. Right? It's exactly. So, so so again, if you can't. The S, yes. you can make two S's to For every one series, series X. Exactly. Right, right. Whereas PlayStation doesn't have that advantage, right? They, exactly. The PlayStation 5 Digital is the same as the PlayStation 5 Disc. So it, it takes the same silicon, so they can't ramp that up. <laughs> and God Among Gamers says, we live in generations, but I'm still making PlayStation 4. <laughs> right, right. Again, that was marketing speak. That was marketing again, speak. Again, this is the one thing that I've always had a problem with Sony of, yeah, is that they, that's what they're good at, pitching people a dream. Mm -hmm. They've always done that, and people fall yep. for it every single time. It's sleight of hand. That's exactly. It it's a magic trick. It, yep. And y'all believe it every time. They do it right in your face. There isn't any difference. 
Like people always like to slam Xbox for the whole uh, TV, TV, TV thing. And PlayStation was going to do the exact same thing. That's the only time it wasn't sleight of hand. They actually changed their whole strategy <laughs> on the fly. Said, oh, we're not yeah, going to do yeah, that. We're not doing We're not doing we're that. We're not doing that. Let's come up with a quick marketing thing. And they did the whole. Uh, uh, this is how you share hand <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This is how you share a game. Genius. Exactly. Absolutely genius. But that was the only time it wasn't sleight of hand. Exactly. They actually changed their entire strategy. Exactly. This time, they knew up front what they were doing. Right. They just hid what they were doing, use some marketing speak to make people believe they were going into a certain direction when in actuality, their strategy all along was to continue to support the PlayStation 4. Exactly. Uh, and those 120 million people. Again, that's why none of us who think, like Steele says with the RTS view, the satellite view, none of us believe they were honestly going to do that because right. there's no way they were going to give up that, that consumer base. There's right. no way from a business standpoint, from a Jim Ryan numbers type standpoint, you don't give up those PlayStation four numbers out the gate. That's now obvious. They, That's what it's, it's obvious. crazy that people dismiss that. And yeah. I know that we're the hardcore, the enthusiasts right. or the whatever you want to call us, because we can't ignore there's 120 months plus million consoles on out there for the PlayStation side. Why ignore that? That's the most they've ever sold for consoles. You know what I'm saying? Other than PlayStation 2, of course. But that was for yep. different reasons. Yeah. My yep. fault. Absolutely. Their strategy, their strategy, like you said, Steele. Uh, we, uh, shout out to Rand again. Xbox 2, you, you and I yeah. both love them, so we always go there. But Rand, always, Rand and Jez both always have such great information, uh, kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. But Rand had been hearing that Sony was out to destroy Xbox last year. Yeah, so what they were going to press, which again, from a business standpoint, makes total sense. They knew Xbox was going to be light on games coming out into the current gen. They had that strategy that Steele and I were just talking about. They were still going to support the PS4 and the PlayStation 5. So what they had was a multi-headed strategy. They were going to come with some PlayStation 5 only games right. like Ratchet and Clank, like we saw that Returnal, we saw those games come out. They were going to push that, but then they were expecting to be able to launch. Their plans were Horizon Forbidden West yep. and God of War Ragnarok, yep. both being cross-gen and Gran Turismo 7. Let's put that out there too, although yep. that would... Flippity never hits marks. But they were planning on having all those games out last year and just flooding the market right and then the pandemic yep. changed all of that yep but that that was their plan it was a great strategy because it would have worked yeah they, they would have been dominating IP. the news cycle mm -hmm. like xbox took over and started dominating the news cycle sony would have been dominating the news cycle had they been pumping out all those games last year supporting cross-gen also giving the playstation 5 owners you know ps5 only experiences right. as they call them um right. they would have had both uh, sets of uh, you know, th that two-headed monster working, and it would have been tough for Xbox to get any kind of uh, traction whatsoever. But right. pandemic changed all of that steel, all yeah. of that, yeah. and we can talk about sales numbers if you want. Yeah, to no, hundred percent. Um, yeah. I mean, the pandemic definitely changed, see, um, changed the whole situation because as we're seeing, Sony and Microsoft are kind of 
It's kind of going, it's kind of, it might be a back and forth kind of console generation, man, uh, to be completely frank with you. Um, as we're seeing the sales numbers come back and everything, I believe the last sales numbers that um, I've been able to kind of pull up and let me get that set up. Um, currently, I believe that the sales numbers for Xbox are right around 9 million. And then um, at least for the information that we have, which came out in December, I believe. Um, and then Xbox is, uh, and then Sony is right around, 13 14 million or i want to say at this point um, and with with phil's words that pushes the xbox number to around 12 million right um which right. and then with phil's yep. words added in there too from his yep. interview and everything uh, which we're also going to talk here in a minute um which is another great segue after we get done with this yep. um if it's more so closer to 12 million 12 and if it's 12 to 15 there's an apparent an obvious factor there not only with the pandemic but what it with what microsoft is doing here as far as impacting the gaming ecosystem hmm? wow okay. how you. are they so close oh sony so sony is so great and their ips matter and everything but they couldn't hit microsoft upside the head like they wanted to one because the console uh the the them trying to get consoles out there um production is slowed down a lot and then also at the same time like people say oh production slowed down but we're also selling more consoles than we have ever sold in any other console generation and i, and I kind of wanted to give some numbers with that i'll start with xbox here um starting at xbox the xbox one more specifically going into from what the numbers I have here, October 2014, the console came out in 2013. Um, Xbox was close to 10 million consoles at this point, right? PlayStation. We're going. We look at the PlayStation numbers going into November about 2014. They're sitting at 13.5 million consoles. Already, they're busting those numbers out of the frame in the first year. More attention than they've ever garnered. And you go back further and further into the past, you see those kind of numbers change and everything. So it tells you, tells me at least right there, that they're both equally getting a lot of attention and garnering um, more access to people than they've ever had before. Um, to me, it's very unique to get that picture, especially if Xbox is closer to that one, tw uh, that 12 million mark, as Phil has said, that they're kind of hand in hand with each other, man. Like competition is greater than it's ever been. And this is, this is exactly what we wanted, right? We wanted, it's not the, it's not the two to one, three to one ratio. Exactly. That's the, uh, and that's the main thing. People are running with this two, this whole two to one thing. Oh, uh, God, there's no reason to get an Xbox, but obviously there is, it's not two to one. It's, it's not, it's not even, it's not even, uh, one and a half to one or whatever the case might be it's getting to a point where it's almost hand in hand with each other that that same person that's coming in to get in, to get a playstation could be also leaving out with a series s and i know also people seem to um, making the conversation that oh series s should be should be excluded from the the console hardware conversation why it's a next gen piece of hardware also and you for people to think otherwise is absurd to me Again, it kind of like what we were speaking to earlier, Series S is just as much of a next generation console as your PlayStation 5 or your Xbox Series X console is. It has the same processor. It just has a downgraded graphics card. If you, if you really wanted to put it in simple terms, 
And that's the only really the main thing that makes it different. The same thing that happens in the PC side of things. If we have the same system, the only thing that separates us is the graphics card. Yeah, I'm gonna be able to play games at a higher quality, but we're still gonna be playing games at 60 frames. We're still gonna be playing games that are around that same frame time, around the same uh, those frame limits and everything, which is what makes the Series X so uh, the Series S so great. That 1080p, 1440p capability with guaranteed 60 FPS. And I see people making the conversation, well, well, these other games are 30 FPS on the Series S. And that is because they're running the 1X version. Or no, sorry, the 1S version of that game. It's not a true series version. That's the other thing that gets put that that's also that people can't forget about. So yes, is there positive and negatives with both sides? Yes. But to consider the Series S not a next generation console, it has the series name on it. It's not an Xbox One SS. That's not what it is. Right. It's an actual next gen console. And and like the quicker and people are realizing this because you're not going to play that 30 FPS game um on a Series S console and not get that frame boost up to 60. You are. That's part of the guarantee. Now, is it going to be everything because of how games are coming out? No, not until we get series specific games out. And that's when you'll really start seeing that that hardware kick in and that technology kick in. Don't forget that Xbox velocity architecture, the cracking architecture that PlayStation is using. They're not using that architecture really yet because we're not getting games made specifically for these consoles yet. But it's kind of hard to do that. One, when you're in a pandemic. Two, when you've had a previous generation where you have such an expansive user base. You have to continue to feed that user base until you get to a point where you have enough consoles in the market, as we're obviously seeing with PlayStation, why they're making more consoles, to give them kind of time to push out more PlayStation 5s. So Xbox has more time to push out more series consoles. Even though one has kind of moved on and said, no, we're halting production on this one. But we're still going to offer you top of the line money if you're trading it into GameStop because we can't forget that Microsoft also has that kind of business deal with GameStop to get that done. There's a reason why they're they're offering you that. Because Microsoft knows that, hey, if we, hey, GameStop, if you offer them more money, it's going to be more enticing for people to want to trade in their consoles instead of just selling it all on the user market. Because again, people are still doing that. I just saw kids yesterday when I went into GameStop pre-ordering my third copy of Pokemon Arceus um, for my daughter. And they were in there buying PlayStation 4 games. They're not worried about the PlayStation 5. The little kid was trying to just buy anime-based games. That's all he was looking for. He literally told his mom that he bought, he picked up, um, I believe he picked up Tales of Arise. And then he also, um, the other game was Scarlet Nexus that he ended up picking up. Nice. Two uh, great ones. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, I just, I just wanted, I just want some more anime games. That was shout it. Out to Namkai Bando. As, yeah. Shout uh, out to Namkai Map. Bando. As Map said I, last night, <laughs> But yeah, you see, yeah. you see, you see, you see the fight there. You know what I'm saying? Production yeah. is not that the production is down. Production is higher than ever, and so is the want for these systems. It's higher than ever. That's the main thing. It goes hand in hand with each other. 
You know what I'm saying? Like people are like, oh, we can't get enough cut. No, it's just that demand is up. And you have to up, you have to scale up production because demand is up. It's like any other product, man. So um, it's just kind of crazy to think. It's just kind of crazy to think about um, as far as how we're moving forward within this ecosystem, uh, how we're moving forward into this next generation, um, and the want for each individual consoles to kind of just be almost, even if PlayStation pulls ahead a little bit. Again, I will always go back to. PlayStation has, has allowed a service-based company to come in and offer them more competition than anybody else could have ever had. Because trust me, if PlayStation's only competitor was Nintendo, oh, we'd be having a different conversation right now. Right. And PlayStation would be hitting us up upside the head with whatever they wanted to give us. Right. If however they wanted to give us, because that's something that they've always done. Microsoft values the consumer, and, I, and it's kind of it's a perfect kind of segue into um, the interviews and everything. Unless you got some other things you want to kind yeah, of tie yeah, in. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll touch on the sales real quick uh, myself uh, as well. Um, look, the health. What's crazy? I said this on PM to PM. When you take a step back, all we've been hearing about is how the chip shortage is affecting everybody, right? Which we know it is, right? Right. And yet, both consoles, PlayStation Five. PlayStation just this last quarter dipped below the rate that they were selling at PS4s at. Before that, they were ahead of the curve, okay? Yep. Xbox comes out, Phil comes out in his interview, and we're going to segue into that, and says that they've sold more Xbox consoles in this time frame than Ever. any other Xbox generation. So even during a chip shortage, we're talking about record numbers of consoles being put out. So even though it feels like you can't find a console, which is true, it's very hard to come across. Congratulations to Steel, by the way. Chat doesn't hey. know, probably. But Steel has secured his Series X. It will be here on the 21st, you said? Yes. Yes, the 21st. Steel, finally. He's been rocking a Series S, right? Uh, which is the perfect companion console. It's the perfect uh, in between console, whatever the case may be. And that's why these sales numbers are so crazy. But overall, the health of the industry is so strong. This is what Steele and I've been talking about. Like the demand for these consoles is so huge because so many more people are jumping into gaming at this point. And that's the most impressive part about all of this. Yeah, it's impressive how Xbox has grabbed back the mind share, how right. all of their strategies are seemingly working now and they've got a boost because of the unfortunate pandemic that happened they had no way to see that happening in their crystal ball and yet again preparation a lot of times people say well it's lucky preparation creates a lot of that luck and xbox had the perfect strategy that it, when this pandemic hit it just fit right mm. into that with the series s right, right. So it's fantastic to see Xbox grabbing back the mindshare because this competition is driving innovation. It's exactly. forcing Sony, like Steele said, to do these things that we were just talking about. They're bringing out Spartacus because Game Pass is doing so well. They're looking still to try to get, according to the patent from Mark Cerny, backwards compatibility because Xbox has shown the value that that brings when Sony would just rather not do that. Right. But Xbox's customers have been so vocal. All of us have been so vocal about what backwards compatibility means to us and right. that we do play old games. 
and they still have value. Then now Sony is looking at, again, by all, you know, again, we don't know for sure, but the patent suggests that Cerny and his team have been working hard to try to figure out how to bring that backwards compatibility to the PlayStation ecosystem as well because of Xbox. Right. That's what competition does here, folks. Exactly. That's why we preach. We want the health of the industry. We don't want anybody to die off. Right. I don't want Sony to go away. Nope. That would leave Xbox alone because Nintendo's doing their own thing. I can't get Gundam Breaker 4 if fucking right. PlayStation goes out of business. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> so the competition drives all of this and the right. health of the industry, despite all the problems we've been seeing, despite the pandemic causing these chip shortages, despite it causing delays in games and having people to figure out how to work from home right. on all of our favorite games. Despite all of that, the industry is thriving right now, and these Ooh. sales numbers show it. And again, for all the people, like, like I said, for all the people that sat there and tried to state that the Series S, nobody was going to want it, right? All the clown show that tried to sit here and tell everybody in this community, why you guys, why you guys praising the Series S? It's going to hold this generation back. Nobody's going to want it. Look, again, either you're know. willfully ignorant yeah. And you've never been, you have not been in this industry for long enough to see the things like the Wii come along, an underpowered machine come along and dominate. Or you're being intellectually dishonest because you're such a fanboy of Sony that you want to see Xbox fail, that you have to try to bring everybody else's happiness, excitement, and enjoyment for the gaming industry as a whole down. You're one of those two things. Because the Series S is proving it all wrong, which we all knew was going to happen. And again, a lot of things have come into play that has made the Series S even more valuable than Xbox probably originally planned. Mm -hmm. But it's gotten to the point where Xbox themselves, we have now heard that prior to the holiday, Phil and his team made the decision, look, we're going to stop making Series X. We're, gonna, we're, we're still going to make Series Xs. We're going to cut down Series X production because we can get two S's to every one Series X. And guess what? We want as many people during the holiday season as possible to be able to get these consoles. So we're going to give them the option to go out and get a Series S. And it turned out to be another genius move, another perfect chess move. Because guess what happened? Series S was the best-selling console during the holidays, according to all stats. We don't know for sure because Microsoft doesn't report those and people got to keep that in mind when you hear these numbers. Microsoft does not report sales numbers. What it is is the analysts do a lot of back end on, on, on the, uh, the, the chain mm -hmm. uh, from the sales chains from the actual stores and the online, right? They look at that. They look at those numbers and they kind of guesstimate where everything's at, but they're usually pretty accurate. Right. And again, when Phil comes out himself and says, we sold more series consoles than any other generation of Xbox to this point. Well, then you can kind of guesstimate like Steele's reading off some of the numbers from the previous gens. You can kind of guesstimate where they're at. Right. But all of this, all of this goes to show the health of this industry. And it shows again, like Steele said, the competition is real. Xbox is bringing it this generation. And again, we've seen this dip. We've seen this switch from side to side, right? Again, we saw Xbox 360 dominate PlayStation 3 because Sony's decisions with the cell processor and, and their price point. They made a mistake. Xbox was there to take advantage, dominate it, right? 
And again, we could talk the end sales numbers. That was due to the, that was due to the Blu-ray player in the right. PS3, right at the end. But they dominated that generation. And then what we see, Xbox, Donnie D stumbles out the gate with Xbox One generation. PlayStation scraps their entire strategy to follow Xbox down that road and says, no, no, we're not going to do that. And they go ahead and dominate all last generation, right? And then this generation, Xbox, starting last generation by putting things in place like xCloud, Game Pass, introducing, changing their entire business model on the fly. Their entire business model, a sinking ship at the time in Xbox to the point where investors are calling for them to sell it off, close the doors, be done. And we know this is a fact. And Phil and his team changed the entire strategy of Xbox, start prepping for what the next gen is going to look like. Introduce the One X, introduce the One S. Proof of concept, right? That's what they were doing there. Phil wanted to come out and say, hey, what I'm saying, I'm not just speaking words right now. I'm going to show you. They started that with the 1X and the 1S and then came into this generation prepared. And with Satya Nadella behind him, giving Phil a seat at the big table, making Xbox a pillar of Microsoft Corp as a whole, guess what? That's what we're seeing now. So now the sales gap is closing. The mind share is starting to be come back to Xbox like they'd had in the 360 generation. You're seeing this, you're seeing the articles, you're seeing those ripple effects outside of just this community here of us, the the gamers, right? The hardcore, the gamers, right? That understand and watch this stuff constantly. You're seeing that ripple effect. Now you got families walking into stores during the holiday season. Can't, you know, we need, we need, we've got to get a new system. I, we really don't want the switch. We'd rather have one of the current gen consoles. Can't find a PlayStation 5. Can't find a Series X. But what's sitting there on the shelf waiting for them? And what's the salespeople go to? Well, you can go buy a PlayStation 4, but that's less gen. Or you have a Series S console, which is going to play all the current gen games. You have a 4K TV? Oh, no, you haven't invested in a 4K TV yet? Series S right here, baby. Right here, get Game Pass. You got access to over 400 plus games right now. You know how those conversations went. And it's only $300, by the way. It's only $300. Families were snatching those up left and right. Yep. Because that was the strategy from the get-go. So again, this is the state of the industry. It is healthier than it ever has been. It is growing 100. faster. Imagine if there was no chip shortage, what these Ooh. numbers would look like. Imagine, Steel, if these systems Ooh. were just available. We're talking about already. Second, I think they would have hit twenty million easy. Yep, setting personal records already internally. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if there's no chip shortage? Guaranteed, both consoles would probably be over twenty million sold right at this point, which is absolutely insane this early in the gen. One year yeah, in, yeah, no, that, that is crazy. With content that isn't even taking full advantage, like you said, steel of the hardware yet. Yep. Of big games not even coming out yet. We just got Halo two months ago. We just got the new Forza Horizon 5, which is cross-gen as well, two months, or three months ago. So we even without the content being there, these sales numbers are where they are. Can't imagine what it's going to look like once this all gets over with. We get back to normal. Consoles are available on shelves. Starfield's dropping. Avowed's dropping. You know, PlayStation's dropping their future current-gen-only games, right? 
can't imagine what those sales numbers are going to look like when we get Dang. through this. It's insane. It's good stuff. I uh, love to see it. Love all of it. Again, all the speak prior to this, that was all marketing talk. Sony had the strategy from the get go. Right. So don't hold on to that stuff. It, that's, that's done and over with, right? We, we all know what the real strategy was. We know what the game that they were playing pun intended was. We knew this, this is Jim Ryan. This is the new Sony. This is the new PlayStation. Okay. Right. This is kind of how it is. They do. They've done this prior to him, but now that he got, they got a numbers guy in there. You're going to see more of that kind of sleight of hand stuff. Yep. However, however, in this day and age, it gets exposed. And they also understand now that they have real competition in Xbox and that's going to make them change how they do business as well. And yep. we're already seeing it. So uh, buckle up. Golden age gaming is here, folks. That's what these sales numbers are saying. And man, Phil, and Sarah Bond had a lot to say. Still, we are two hours in. Uh, you got about an hour before you got to head out for family date day. Spider, man, right? So uh, let's get to this, brother. You got those interviews. They had a lot more to say. A lot of good stuff came out of both of these. Right. Let's talk about that. No, 100%. It's definitely going to be uh, definitely a great segue on that. Um, is This definitely is going to end it uh with our basically last topic that we can get kind of get into because we've actually talked about everything one way or another that's just kind of crazy how that ended up working out uh where we've talked about everything that's kind of happened within the last couple of weeks but um just to start off with so phil and phil spencer did an interview with uh sway podcast again not to get confused with sway in the morning shout out to uh, a legend in the hip-hop community um the rap community i should say more so but um no, it was an interview with uh, Kara Swisher, um, which is also her name at, on Twitter, at Kara Swisher, uh, from the Sway Podcast, which is something that is done. Um, I'm actually pulling the article from New York Times, but I do believe it was also done through Wall Street. Um, Y'all can correct me on that if I'm wrong. But it was an interview that I felt was kind of, not necessarily heartfelt, but it was an intense interview. Um, why? Because... You could tell that Kara Swisher, the interviewer, it is the New York Times, by the way. Just New York Times, perfect. Record. So I, so perfect. So I did pull it from the right place. Um, which you can all listen to Spotify, whatever the case. Um, there's a the link uh, that I will include in the comment section. Well, not in the comments, but um, in the bio below that you where you can get straight to it. Uh, so you can get, listen to wherever you like to listen to it. Um, but it was a very interesting interview because. It's always amazing to me when these game execs or anybody, uh, especially a representative from the gaming community, speaks to someone who isn't involved in the gaming community. Um, it's one thing to speak with an IGN or Game Informer, Jeff Grubb with Game Beats or PC Gamer or whoever. And it's something completely different to speak to somebody who doesn't really care about the PC market like that or the industry like that, or thinks that that has more of a negative connotation um, on the overall world than it does positives or just people who may just not be familiar with it or who don't care for it. Um, and Kara, I definitely got that vibe from Kara Swisher. Um, so just to kind of go off, I'm gonna go off some of the kind of main key points and Paul definitely bring up anything uh, that, may, that I may end up forgetting because I didn't take notes on everything. Um, one of the main things that kind of Phil brought up that I did take notes on um, is that he brought up the fact that Phil Spencer says Xbox has changed. Uh, actually, this is kind of different. Um, 
but it is kind of something that was brought up during the interview um, is that he did mention how they did change certain things or how they do business with uh, Activision following the uh, abuse allegations. And one of the things that I wanted to, why I wanted to bring that up is because Phil made sure to say that Xbox is not, or Microsoft is not left out of that conversation Very either. Nice, no, you're going to go ahead. Um, but he made sure to say that they're not left out of that conversation either. Um, there has been some things that have happened, uh, happened to them on the back end as far as um, I believe it was a ball that they had where they had some negative things that happened to them on the back end uh, where they had some scrutiny and some back end conversations uh, that affected and impacted Microsoft negatively. Um, one of the biggest things that I took away from it, though, was that the fact that Phil was kind of open on and that was the first thing that he kind of went to kind of shows me that he understands the bigger picture and he doesn't want to kind of say that oh kind of point fingers and be like oh yeah look at them oh man um and he, but he was also kind of standoffish about saying anything specific about how activision might be doing certain things or whatever the case might be because she started to kind of grill him on that she was like oh well i mean how is it okay or is it acceptable for you guys to kind of continue to do business with them when they kind of doing these practices and everything and phil was phil spencer was very candid on saying look you know we approach each individual situation uh, accordingly every everything is unique we don't just have a one-size-fits-all kind of solution to all problems um, whether it be ubisoft or whether it be activision whether it be microsoft whether it be sony whether it be anybody who has these kind of allegations and things going on um and i find that very unique because it was one of those interviews to where you could tell he had to kind of fly through the interview very safely, right? Because it was one of those things to where he could say the wrong thing and it be taken the wrong way. But I think what speaks to Phil's genius, though, and just to him being so forward facing and within the community and everything is that he answered all questions with ease. It wasn't like, a, oh, he stumbled and he didn't really know how to take it. And he was also said some of the stuff that he um, kind of the rebuttals he had, he was like, hey, maybe it's a, you know, kind of short to say or not very upfront to say or kind of corny to say more so. Um from the angle that he was coming from but it's hard to speak on every aspect of it especially when you have ongoing investigations going on um and you want to speak on it as candidly as possible um and that was one of the things he he was able to do throughout this interview and that, and just using that whole activision thing as one point um another interesting uh piece that he made was investing in the content is key. Uh, one of the quotes that, he, that I took out was there out of there. It says, we don't get paid on Xbox by how many times you click on something like you do on anything else in the internet, ad revenue, things like that. He says, I get paid on how many times your kid likes playing Minecraft. And he just used that as an example because that's hundred percent the facts. You don't, you're not getting paid by ad revenue. We're getting paid by selling IP. We're getting sell, sell. We're getting paid by how much we can keep you invested in our ecosystem. That's what matters to us. That is the bigger picture. And I've just found that so unique because that's exactly what it is. And people try to make it seem like it's something completely different. Um, and that kind of leads into the whole thing with uh, you know China locking down gaming and everything else. 
gaming is because uh, it goes into another quote also it should be about the entertainment gaming should be an entertainment business it should be about fun competition and cooperation that told me again Phil Spencer has kind of come out and said this on a multiple occasions, but again, it demonstrates to me that he understands the bigger picture. It's about the accessibility. It's about the reach. It's about getting more people invested than there's ever been before. Therefore, being able to grow the market and grow the industry forward. Um, again, once people are able to kind of sit down with themselves and be like, damn, you know, it's, it's really about having those, uh, having an ecosystem where you can kind of constantly come back to, there's a reason why uh, you want to play these multiplayer games. There's a reason why, um, if it is, even if it is a single player games, why you kind of come back to our ecosystem and play it because you have those options, right? Then the next thing he kind of ju kind of jumped into uh, was the whole thing because there was another thing that she also grilled them about um, and why I also say that it was a it was a very difficult conversation for them to be having at that time um, because she also grilled them about the whole thing with China right um, and again nothing but shout out to nothing but love for Phil and the way he approaches things and situations and conversation because he wasn't scared to talk about that either even though he he kind of took off a, a hands off approach about it. Because, I mean, now I want to say hands off, but he also gave her some pushback because he didn't agree with her either. Um, she basically came in and was saying that, oh, you know, look at China locking down gaming, wanting, you know, limiting their kids on a certain X amount of time to how much they could spend doing these things or on front of a screen or whatever the case might be. Um, on one hand, saying that, hey, yeah, we should limit our children. But then on the other hand, saying that, yeah, her kids, you know, or also talking about the. What is it? The. What do people always say? The I can't think of the term for um, the lethality of gaming. That um, with the goodness, addiction. Like, the, you talk about the addiction. The, the addiction, or just the uh, the aggressiveness that it that it can be placed on other people, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but ga games like Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto cause our children to be. Bad more violent people. more violent there you go <laughs> well that's, that's the exactly. old that's the old 90s argument right exactly with, with music and and video games when, exactly were, when politicians were going after them yeah. mine went completely blank right there but yeah yeah um but she was basically speaking on those things but she also allows the children to play call of duty so it's kind of like okay um <laughs> kind of goes hand in hand with each other but um you know phil kind of danced around the topic at first um talking about you know them locking down things but he eventually came down to you know he doesn't agree that locking down things on a government side of, is beneficial either um you can't limit people in that way because at the end of the day even phil said people are going to find a way to pirate people are going to find a way to use a vpn to get around those avenues and that's not healthy for the for the market either that's not healthy for the industry either um there's a negative there's an extreme negative to doing that um so he didn't agree he didn't agree with that but he did agree that yeah you know that's why xbox and playstation and other companies have worked on parental kind of supervision tactics to where yes and you know you can go into the settings and do use security settings for your child's account and limit and limit their access hey you can only play for an hour and then boom the xbox you know the console turns off oh hey um there's only so much screen time that you can have on your tablet cell phone whatever the case might be and boom it turns off or you can't get access to online or certain websites or whatever the case may be we're moving into an era to where that is becoming more of 
inaccessible thing to where it's right there in your face. And I think what's more important is to be able to teach people and show people the methodologies and the ways that you can go about within your systems, within your ecosystem to kind of limit your kid from seeing certain things or having access to certain things. And that's kind of something that we've always been working towards, especially within this last decade, because let's be honest, it is so easy to get information nowadays, especially kids are so are exposed to so much more than we, even myself being a nineties kid have ever been exposed to. And I grew up with the internet. So the, the whole toxic nature of humanity isn't new to me. But we've come into a point to where it is becoming more pre- uh, prevalent to the point to where we do want to come out with more security measures. Uh, we do want to see more ways to uh, actively uh, help our children work through this digital era and come out with different, uh, not only devices, but uh, systems to put in place to make that easier for your typical consumer. And that's the biggest problem right now is that unless you're familiar with it, like (laughs) I'll give y'all a perfect example. Another GameStop kind of story. I went into GameStop yesterday. The lady in front of me was calling uh, your in-game currency, cryptocurrency. (laughs) This is just some random lady. Well, kind of, kind of is. She was, I mean, yeah, of course, it kind of it, it <laughs> is. is. But, but, yeah, the, no. but the fact to hear yeah. them talk about it, when we right. call it in-game currency or Nintendo currency or whatever else the case might be, and the fir- in her referencing it as, oh, yeah, because the GameStop representative would, cut, would keep trying to adjust it, be like, oh, yeah, you mean in-game currency for Nintendo, right? Or Nintendo bucks or whatever the case might be. She was like, yeah, that, that cryptocurrency, I need that. That's exactly what I need. Knowing that cryptocurrency and that is kind of two different things, even though, yeah, you could kind of consider them the same thing because they are. It is a form of online currency, uh, which is cryptocurrency, but it's it's not the same thing. But it just the reason for me bringing that up, it, it still shows you the disconnect even the typical consumer has with the gaming industry. And in the in the way that, that and definitely the way that she was talking about it and everything, mind you, this lady is probably in her mid thirties or whatever the case might be, not that far off from me, and she still thinks of it this way. It's kind of like when I think back to my pops when he used to call Pokemon Pokemans, <laughs> like that used to drive me up the wall. I was like, "What? Why do you keep calling my Pokemon Pokemans, man? Like, what is that? I don't know what a Pokemon is. Like <laughs> that that used to drive me crazy. Like it could have been anything, especially if it was like Digimon or uh, what was the other one? Uh, Monsters, uh, Slime Rancher. Yep, that was the other one too. He'd call everything Pokemans if it came on a card, or if it yep. was monsters that were evolving. He was like, hey, "They're all Pokemans, man!" Like I was like, "This drive me up the wall." But it, again, it just kind of shows you that representation that it it hasn't really like yes, more people have access, have knowledge, and are aware of these things, but there are still so many people who aren't as connected. Um, anyway, but yeah. they kind of got it off topic and everything, but um. <laughs> With Phil Spencer, with uh, I mean, the biggest reason that I kind of went that direction is because it just shows you, because the person that was interviewing Phil, again, her name is, if you want to follow her on Twitter, at Kara Swisher, she's not as invested in, in this gaming ecosystem as we are. 
and for her to kind of definitely listen to the interview man because she grilled phil she was not letting that man sit um on his laurels and wanted him to kind of explain and talk out certain situations certain things and again pong definitely touched on some of those things um that i might have missed uh because you'll probably end up making me come up with some other things but um how did you feel about at least let's just start off with this Phil interview with Kara, uh, how she kind of approached it and how Phil kind of rebuttaled to her uh, kind of with the, not only with the confidence, but also <laughs> in a, in such a manner to where this is kind of the representative representation that you want to see in the gaming industry. People that are, are willing to have open conversation with anyone you don't have to just be in the gaming industry. You don't have to be in the entertainment industry or whatever, but with anyone in being able to take that heat and kind of flip it back around. How are you feeling about that, man? How do you feel about that interview? I give, uh, I give huge props all the time uh, to Phil and his entire team. As we saw, Sarah Bond went to some site that I've never heard of and did an interview, for God's sakes. Um, yeah. Look, Xbox in general um, – their higher ups put themselves in positions that other leaders of companies would never do. They go outside of the box and 100%. put themselves in front of people that a CEO of an entertainment in a company, like a game company, like Phil and Xbox don't have to do. They don't have to go to these places. Oh. They don't have to take these interviews, but they all seem to be willing to do that and get in front of people new people, different people and have and field these different questions that you would never hear. Like, like, you know, Phil, Phil could just do interviews with like, like the Ryan McCaffrey's of the world. Right. And, and you know exactly what you're going to get out of Ryan, right? You know, what kind of questions are going to come, but to go to places like, you know, wall street journal, New York times, all this kind of places. And to take questions from people who aren't even necessarily interested in the gaming industry from the standpoint of hey i'm going to go home and play games tonight but they're interested in the gaming industry because now it's the biggest entertainment industry in the world money wise and because it has so much influence on people in different in di all over the world but in different ways in daily life now right. they're getting feeling these questions from people who have a, a different view of gaming and that's what these questions came across as i mean again bill is such a pro Again, I can never yeah. imagine Jim taking these questions. Okay. I never imagined Jim Ryan sitting down to one of these interviews like this. Maybe he would. I, I don't think it would end well. <laughs> I don't think it I would just end can't well. picture it. Right. And, and like I've said this before, like, like, okay, in my line of work, what I do in the financial industry, I have rules that I have to follow. Right. I can't right. say certain things. Otherwise, I can get sued. I can get fired. There, there, there are rules that I have to follow. I can't just have conversations with people and say anything I want to. Right. Take that and times that by about a thousand when Phil goes in these interviews. Phil has to think of himself as he's answering questions as a as a real gamer, as somebody who's been in this industry from the standpoint of sitting in front of his TV, going home, playing video games, playing with friends online. He is also the CEO of one of the gaming's biggest companies in the world. So he has to think about how he's going to answer questions from a satellite standpoint, from somebody right. who's up above it all, that RTS view. Then he has right. to consider he can't say certain things because of investors and because of, of, of Microsoft Corp as a whole. He can't say certain things. I can't imagine going an interview with the weight of that on me, but Phil's a pro. 
this dude goes through these interviews. There are very few interviews where I said, boy, that was Phil. Phil was kind of put in a spot. Phil comes out of these just looking like he is prepped, ready to rock and roll, right? And no matter how hard she pressed him, which I was glad she pressed him. You and I had this conversation behind the scenes. China's a big issue. Yeah. We, we've talked about it a little bit on the show previously, and I have big opinions about China. Again, their, their government's absolutely horrible, okay? Their government's doing horrible things. And we're all hypocrites because we all purchase things from China. And a lot of the, a lot of the stuff's being ma- manufactured out of China is coming from slave labor, labor. Okay, flat out. They're, they're genociding people over there. Okay, yep. look, that ain't no joke. And, and from a business standpoint, a lot of these companies all push that to the side, sweep it under the rug and never talk about it and act like it's not happening because look, cheap is cheap. We all want products. We're all consumers, but we don't want to pay top dollar. So all the manufacturing has gone to China, right? It's a horrible situation because every business that's in China is basically handcuffed to the government in some way, shape or form. Basically, you're dealing with the Chinese government when you're doing business in China. So a lot of these CEOs never get pressed on this. A lot of these, a lot of the people just let it go and just right. never talk about it because can't upset China. Can't upset them. No, that's going to be bad for everybody. Bullshit, right? Bullshit. You got to press the CEOs and get some real answers. So I loved hearing her press, but Phil came through. Phil answered the questions as directly as I think he possibly could have. Um, considering his position and considering all of the things I just talked about that he has to think about when right. answering these questions. So I thought he did a great job. Um, Steele, you did a fantastic work, brother, covering a lot of the major points. A couple things that I'll bring in um, on top of yours. Um, number one, uh, they talked about um, trolls and online abuse and all that kind of uh, stuff that we, we hear about all the time in this community, in this industry as a whole. It's a big topic that's been ongoing for a very long time now. Look, I come, I'm an old dude, right? We all know this. I come from the old days. So uh, the wild, wild west that was the Xbox 360 online, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, that's uh, not even look, the beginning. Look, 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 yeah, no, that's not even the beginning, but let's say that that's the best example because most people can appreciate it because most right, people right, were right. around like you know change it change in your uh, underneath your profile I, for people who don't know an xbox 360 they used to have different categories that you could list yourself as as far as gaming goes and if you put yourself as underground all bets were off okay that was that <laughs> that, well, that truly was people, boy yeah because it would match <laughs> you up it would match you up based upon that right, right. and the underground was the wild wild west anyway oh, yeah. anything went. Also in my line of work in the financial industry, uh, I don't deal with happy people all the time. Right. Uh, I have been dealing with verbal abuse my entire career, which is, is spanning nearly 30 years now in this industry. Um, so for me, I've been hardened. For me, I'm calloused individual. Yeah. For me, again, my expectations of the human race as a whole are so low that nothing shocks me out of somebody's mouth, right? The things that people have said to me People wouldn't believe, right? And oh, we yeah. hear these stories and it goes, it, it crosses gender, it crosses uh, sexuality, it crosses race, it crosses all those lines because abuse to me is abuse at the end of the day. Right. And, and the things that I've heard online, yo, look. <laughs> you wouldn't imagine what. <laughs> look, look, look. I, yeah, I can so, so I mm. come from that side. The only reason why I say that is because for my generation, especially that grew up coming into that, um, some of us older cats, sometimes we look at what people complain about and are like, eh, like I want, I, I understand, but right. 
eh, nah. but at the same time, <laughs> I am understanding. And younger generations, especially, and people from different backgrounds do have a different perspective. And I do respect that completely, right? That, that that's something that I say whatever to is going to affect another person. So this was an important conversation that's been happening for a while now in this community and the industry. And she brought it up. And Phil talked about uh, that they uh, use AI to yeah. monitor. Yep. Right. So if you had any, Ooh, if anybody one. had the illusion to bring that out. when you're on Xbox live, that you're talking unmonitored, that there isn't something listening to you. Smoking crack. Go, yeah, go ahead, go <laughs> ahead and get rid of all that illusion. Right. He basically said, everybody's conversations and messages are monitored via AI at this point. Okay. And it picks up on keywords, phrases. It can even pick up on tone and send a warning. Okay. So, but what else was cool about that, and that was to your point, Steele, when he was talking about, again, Kumbaya Phil, people make right. jokes about that, but this guy, he, he, he talks to talk, but he walks to walk as well. He truly believes a lot of this stuff, right? All of it. This is his philosophy. He wants this industry as a whole to be together and to push the industry forward together. And they share that AI tech with other companies, even com competitors. He said that they share this tech to help the industry as a whole crack down on this abuse, yep. right? Good point. That's cool. what they're doing. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, I'm not just saying this. I'm also showing everybody in the industry, whether it's a Sony, whether it's a Nintendo, whether it's be direct partners, right? Whether it's our, you know, we're going to share this tech to try to help the industry uh, get, uh, you know, kind of get control of this. Um, and a part of that was the big uh, kind of uh, a lot of articles were written about some of his quotes about banning everybody across all platforms. Okay. Uh, people took and ran with that. Um, if you oh, listen yeah. to the entire interview, uh, it was much more nuanced than that. And I think Phil was trying to get at the fact, Hey, we, we're not looking for, you know, just to throw it on the ban hammer on everybody right. on first offense. If you get perma banned on any service, you have to be pretty damn awful. Okay. You have to be a pretty heinous it a individual. It does. There's a lot that leads up to a permanent ban. And I don't think Phil was talking about, Hey, no, you screw up once. That's it. We're banning no, you. I he, want you banned on Sony. I want he you wasn't banned talking on about, PC. No. no, he wasn't talking like that. What he was saying for the truly awful individuals, those people that we should have some kind of system in place where if they are banned in one service, they should be banned elsewhere. But he also nuanced it as well that he was more specifically talking about the actual block list that he has his own personal block list because you can block people so you don't ever have to play with them you don't ever have to hear from them that's been around for a long time he was personally saying that that block list there should be some system in place where you can carry that over so you don't have to redo it on each and every service so that if you have those people that are everywhere you are and you're playing that you don't have to worry you're going to run into them because you didn't update your block list when you went over to playstation and started playing on playstation right that that's what he was saying there as well uh so i loved uh all of that it got into the whole free speech thing he came out and stated oh. that 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 quote was also run you know this platform is not a free speech platform yeah they're a private company nobody should think that it was an odd line of questioning and again listen to the interview it's about 35 minutes long yeah. it's, it, it you can right. uh 
the New York Times obviously is behind a paywall. They want you to sign in, but the audio version I actually could play without the paywall. So right. I don't know how that worked, but I got through it. I think still you listen to it as well. Yeah, Spotify. Um, yeah, but it's a, yeah, Spotify. So there you go. It was an interesting, interesting conversation. But how it got there uh, about the free speech, she actually was questioning Phil that, <laughs> and we don't do this here because we don't get into politics here at all. Like I right, said, right. I got out of that community. That's why I jumped into this. But she brought up, but she brought up Steve Bannon and how Steve Bannon said Gamergate was a, a way to attract people to Trump, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Right. And again, Gamergate is a whole nother topic. Yeah, we are yeah, not yeah. going to get down that rabbit hole. Anyway, she used that line of question to position to try to ask Phil if he thought it was good, if he thought it was a problem on Xbox, that there could be people trying to come into the space and influence others uh, into certain political spheres, right? Using Xbox, that Xbox live that way. And so that's where that free speech came out. And Phil basically said, look, no, we're not having that kind of discourse on Xbox live. He goes, number one, it'd be very difficult for somebody to try to come up and set up a political party through Xbox live. He goes, the system is just not set up to do that. Like, it's very specific. Xbox Live is used to talk while you're gaming. Like, it's very hard to come in. He's like, I suppose you could try to manipulate the system a little bit and try to do some things. Maybe you could try to create one. He goes, right. but it's just not set up like that. We're not like that's kind of social media network, right? This is specifically for gaming. And the way that it is, works is specifically designed for that. But he said, look, we're not a free speech platform. We're not going to have that kind of discourse. Uh, that's included in you know, terms of service, that's yep. part of our aspect. We're not, you know, again, if you think you're going to come in here and do that, we're going to shut you down, right? That's, that. I'm paraphrasing him, but that's yeah, what yeah. he was getting at. Um, so I thought that was, uh, that, that was funny as well. Just the line of questioning and where it went uh, right. was, was, was third. Um, and then, you know, again, go back to your China point, Steel, uh, when he was pressed on it, he did say he does not think that that's the right way to go about right. things. Um, that they needed to look, the gaming industry needs to continue to look at the addiction factor and how to make sure that they are giving parents the ability to control, like you said, the parental controls. And he, you know, he was great salesman. He kept pumping all the features of Xbox and right. said, look, you yeah. can do it from our app, right? You, as yeah. you're a parent, I recommend if you are, I recommend number one, you set up a child account. Yep. We have that ability. And he said, look, a lot of industries don't even have the ability to set up a child count. He goes, that's ridiculous. Why we assume that every person that jumps in to any kind of online situation is 16 plus. He goes, I don't understand that. He goes, other places should have this, but we've created a child account. Then go download our app, go into the app. I recommend parents do it. And you can see all what's happening on your child's account. You can see their friends. You can see how they're interacting. You can I, see how long they're I have for. it. It emails yep. me every time right. that my daughter downloads something. Yep. Absolutely. Messages, anything. Yep. Yep. It shows so, me. Mm. So he was doing great sales work there. He just made it quite clear from his personal opinion. And again, he was still political. He was still, still tiptoeing the line because we don't want to upset the Chinese yeah. overlords at all. But he came out and pretty, you know, his words were strong enough where he showed that he felt personally that the government stepping in and regulating is not the how, way. Yeah. How much time uh, a, a a kid is playing games is not the way to go about this, right? So um, he did the best he could with what he's got. And again, I, I 
I don't like how we, we do that, how CEOs and people in power tiptoe around China. But again, I understand from a business standpoint, that's where we're at. Uh, so, uh, but he did a great job there. But again, overall, you know, you know, and we already talked about the sales numbers. That's when Phil got into the sales. And, right. and, and that was another quote too. Uh, she asked him, so, so would you say the pandemic's been good for business? And Phil yeah. like sat there and he's like, one. he's like, I have a, and, and you could tell Phil, it feels so genuine. And that's why I can't stand. I, I don't understand the fanboys mentality when they talk about Phil should be fired. Phil's terrible. Phil's all the dude. Phil's the dude you want running a gaming. Company, exactly. Okay. Yep. He's the guy. He is genuine. You can have disagreements about his strategies. You can have disagreements about some of the things he said in the past. That's always going to happen from big business. People are going to say things and then have to backtrack. VR being the number one, right? right. It, that was when Phil said that he was not lying. They were planning on doing VR. Strategies change, things change, things are different. Focus so down. all these people that I, I want Phil talking as a gamer. I want Phil being the one that's kind of speaking for his company as a gamer because he talks my language, right? So, um, but but what was interesting is that uh, his uh, comment. Where was I going? I just lost my train of thought with the sales. Um, what was I saying, Steele? Uh, you're just talk, talking about how that's going to impact it, or like where you where you want to take that from there. <laughs> I just lost my whole train of thought, brother. Holy cow, that rarely happens. Like, I mean, I do, but but not to this degree. It totally blanked on me here. Um, we were talking about the sales, right? And we were talking about that, and he had this interesting quote about something specific. What was I just saying, Steele? Oh, man. All right. Well, pass. I, if I remember what I was going with, I'll come back to it again. But he had another interesting quote in that uh, conversation as well. Um, oh, God, it's right there, too. I can. I, <laughs> what did she ask him? She asked him about. Oh, she asked him about the pandemics. Oh, yeah, it was yeah, good yeah, for yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Sorry, everybody. Professional podcasting here. Sorry about that. It's very rare that you're going to get silence on the show from either Steele or I. Look, she asked him, uh, pandemic, um, if the pandemic was good for business. And you could hear the pause and feel like you could almost, even though it was just audio, you could almost see him cringing at it. And he goes, I have a hard time having that thought process that something as awful as the pandemic has benefiting good, us. Yeah. Was, that's where you want, that's where you're taking it. Goes, yeah. That's, yeah. He was, he's like, I have such a hard time doing that and saying he, he's like, I can't, he's like, here's what I'll say. He's like, it accelerated what we were trying to do. <laughs> you know, he, he said it boosted what we were trying to do. Right. That, that, that was his thing, but you could see the, you could hear the anguish in his voice, like even trying to come out and say something like that. Even if it's true, it's so it's so against who he is that he didn't want to say that, right? Even if right. it's true, bottom line numbers for every company is growing in the entertainment industry when it comes to the pandemic. Um, so, but it's still very hard to come out and say something that awful that's affected the world the way that it has is good for us, right? <laughs> that that's like bad. I mean, so so I thought that was pretty cool of him as well. Again, just to uh, you get every time Phil does an interview, you can pick. You can pick through it and you can, if you really listen to him, 
you you get that true sense of who Phil is and why his philosophy that he's brought to the Xbox division, especially of him and these the leadership team being front facing and being out here in the public with everybody, not right. just in interviews, not just in a professional settings, but going on podcasts, even smaller podcasts showing up there, Jason Ronald doing Iron Lords and all that kind of stuff. And then them interacting with the community as a whole within, you know, spaces like Twitter right? and, and doing something that no other company or very few companies out there in the world, the size of Xbox, the size of Microsoft are doing is pretty incredible. And he really means it. Um, and a lot of what he spoke about Steele, about the abuse and about the overall look, when somebody is playing a game, if their first experience on Minecraft is horrible, there's a chance they're never going to want to come back again. And that's what he wants to get rid of. And Steele, that's what you and I talk about, the this, this small community that we have here, considering the size of gaming, what we think of here as you know something big in Twitter, but in reality, it's not that big in the grand oh, yeah. scheme of things. However, when somebody new jumps into this community, this is why Steele and I have spoken on this time and time and time again, when somebody jumps into this Twitter community and starts finding us as gamers and wants to connect with other gamers who enjoy things, and what they see first is a bunch of the clown show, the circus rolling into town, trying to squash everybody's enjoyment, arguing over pieces of plastic yep. and wanting the other plastic to fail. If that's the first experience somebody has trying to jump in this community, there's a chance those people never come back again, right? Yep. And that's a loss. And that's what Phil was saying. That is a loss, not just for us, but for the industry. If somebody has a gaming experience that is bad up front, that that can affect us as a whole down the road. And that's why all of us, whether we're competitors or whether we're partners in this business, need to think about that and put things in place to try to limit that and make sure that people are having the best time the first time they jump in here. And then every time after that, so they, they don't walk away and say, I don't want to be a part of that. And I thought that was a great overall uh, kind of view that he took through that that entire interview and reiterated time and time again. I love that. I love that, man. No, nah, it was a thousand percent an amazing thing. So, um, and that definitely covers. I think we uh, we definitely beat that Phil Spencer interview up and out of the frame. Um, again, there was a lot of amazing points that he made in there. Uh, it's one of those things for me to where you. It's amazing to see who represents these different companies and how well they represent us as gamers, right? That's the, that's what we kind of always want. It's part of the reason why people want Sean Layden back so bad over Jim Ryan. Um, not understanding that money is also part of the play too. You know what I mean? Um, and if you weren't thinking about some of these things beforehand or, um, you know, really working on some of the R and D on the back end to make sure that some of these aspects are covered, you're gonna you're gonna get what you're gonna get and that's why sean Layden isn't there anymore um the, the money is it's um, important we wouldn't have games without money man I, I again this is a business at the end of the day exactly so, it's a form of entertainment it's all, it's all it is. Yep, something it is. has to drive but, but but it's refreshing when a company like xbox does have these types of people in place and again phil has built his team based upon that philosophy and you can see why it works 
in action every day with Xbox. And that's the yeah. cool part about it. There's all different ways to do business. There's not one correct way to do things. Exactly. Right. And, and I don't down, you know, Jim and what he does over there. He's got a specific, oh, yeah, yeah. he's got a specific role within Sony and his job. He was hired to do a specific thing, um, right. which is the bottom line. And we can see that. And so he doesn't have to be Phil. Uh, again, people are all different, but I love seeing what Phil has brought specifically to Xbox and what that means for us gamers, right? That that that's that's the good thing, man. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, um, I'm about to get we're about to get into the whole Farrah, uh Sarah Bond interview. Farrah. Also, Farrah Farrah Fawcett. Uh, Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett had an interview on yeah. uh, Xbox. Um, but no, we're gonna get into the Sarah Bond interview. Also, um, that's probably and that's probably gonna be the uh, portion that wraps up the show. Um, I'm not going to get into the this day and gaming segment today, just yeah. because I am crunched for time. Um, but we'll definitely bring that back next week with no worries. Uh, be sure of that. Uh, but. With that being said, I definitely want to get into Sarah Bond's interview because she also said some amazing things um, that I do want people to kind of get some attention on and really kind of pay attention to. Um, excuse me. <coughs> I had some gas back there. Um, but Sarah, uh, Sarah Bond did an interview with McKinsey and Company. Um, they're a technology and media, media and te telecommunications company. Um, that, and they sat her down, another business, uh, sitting down with someone in gaming uh, to talk about the gaming space. Um, and it was more so not really about the questions that were more so asked, um, but it kind of goes hand in hand with each other. Uh, so the, she, the interviewer basically asked some questions um, based off of, and I can't seem to get the interviewer's name. I just know that it was done by McKenzie and company themselves. Um, but there's a, there was quite a few points that were made and I'm not, I don't want to necessarily hone in on exactly the questions, but more so some of the, the really the points that were made. Um, so, one of the points that she made during that uh, during that space, and again, I will include this on the back end um, if you are interested on that McKinsey and Company interview that was done. Um, and this is kind of the first point that I want to start off on is that Sarah Bond said uh, during that interview, um, I think there are two major lessons that you could take from the gaming industry, um, and you could take that to other industries. And I kind of wanted to bring this up on the back end of what we were just talking about uh, with Phil and everything that he was saying about the industry. Also, the uh, interviewer, by the way, steals Lang Davidson. Lang Davidson. Let me go ahead. Let me go ahead. And Davidson. Write that down. No D in there. Just Davidson. Lang Davidson. Okay. Perfect. Yep. 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 Um, couldn't find that for whatever reason. That's Executive editor is, okay. is the position. Perfect. Um, so it was done by Lang Davison. Um, but one of the points that came out of that interview um, is that she did say, again, I think there are two major lessons that you could take from the gaming industry and take the other industries. Um, the first is that you should think about engagement driving monetization, not monetization driving engagement. What you want is someone's attention. You want to create something that delights them and monetization flows from that, giving people the creativity options. My God, if that does not tell you the bigger picture of what Xbox or Microsoft is looking at, then man, you're either blind or deaf or both because it's blatantly telling you what they're looking at with just that. I mean, you know, people are, are you know, up in arms about NFTs and, um, in in uh buying oh we didn't even get down that rabbit hole yeah today. we didn't get into that yeah that's a whole other thing <laughs> um with stalker and everything people saying oh there is delay because they're taking all the nfts out and it's like anyway um 
again, man, I don't like to do research and that's okay. Uh, again, it's a, it's neither here nor there. Um, definitely a different conversation to have. Um, but with all the monetization that's currently happening in gaming and everything, um, for her to make this comment, shows you at a executive level or shows you at an upper management level how they're approaching this entire situation it's not about us trying to just hit the gamer upside the head and get as much money out of them as possible it's about creating games that will cause our gamers to want to invest and that's the bigger picture it's not just about all oh, the money first and then the gamer no it's the gamer first and then the money because at the end of the day you have to have something there to help. Uh, you have to have something there to be a back end for you constantly investing in whatever game. Um, because she also brought up another good point to where um, the future of gaming is interlocked with the cloud. Gaming is a complex, complex workload. Most people don't see it that way. A technical fail has consequences. In a video, like you stream on YouTube or whatever else the case, um, the wheel spins and you just refresh the page. In gaming, you may lose progress. Gaming is interactive. It takes years of work and it doesn't end after launch. You're constantly updating, updating and integrating, which translates into other industries. And if we can solve it for gaming, we can solve it for anything. Bro. Yep. They see the bigger picture. They're working on the back-end infrastructure for their entire business model then just looking at the money on the front side and say, yeah, we, we got to bring some more money in. No. How are we going to uh, allow the creators more, uh, more opportunities? How can we get more people involved in our ecosystem? Where she then she kind of goes into where play anywhere extends the reach. Game creator game creators in our digital natives being able to supply what they need is important to develop something a multitude of creators can use. And which is kind of why you're seeing that influx of creators saying, man, oh uh, yeah, Game Pass is great. Or why you're seeing these different people saying, hey, damn, Game Pass has allowed me to do things that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. I was able to get more attention than I would have if I would have just put my game out on the market. Next thing, we ship our, we ship our culture, diversity, and presence into other countries from people who develop the games to people who engage with creators. Dan, I'm running, I'm just running down some of the information that I pulled from that interview to speak on that bigger picture. Go ahead. Steel, um, are you still showing us live? Um we we dropped like all of our all of our listeners dropped and Splendiferous is saying, are they coming back or what? Oh wow, did we? Can everybody hear us? Can everybody see us? Can everybody yeah. see us? What's going on? Yeah, because we went from That'd like we, uh, we went from like 20, 20 some live to like seven. Hey, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it says we're still alive. Um, okay. I do see some right. drop frames here. Got, it has us in the... I've gotten pretty, plenty of stream okay. going in. All right. Uh, hopefully Something it'll fix happened. on the back end. It must have been a YouTube glitch. Maybe. Uh, hopefully it'll fix itself on the back end. Yeah, um, I guess I'll go ahead and work it. We'll, we'll just work through this like it's normal. Um, yeah. And then... The last kind of point that I want to make is that uh, no, and then that was that was pretty much that was pretty much it because then it leads right back into the whole monetization thing, um, and how it was more about um, creating games 
to more so uh, engage monetization more so than anything else. Um, from some of those points that I pulled out of there, Pong, um, how are you feeling about that? How does it kind of make you look at uh, not only Sarah Bond, but kind of more so the upper management and how they're treating the gaming industry moving forward? What are you thinking? Yeah, again, this all goes back to just what I was saying after the Phil interview, right? This is the philosophy that Phil has instilled. But again, Sarah Bond was much more on the business side of things in this interview. Right. Um, and she talked a lot about uh, the role that they play um, in making sure the content um, that they're putting out there is accessible. Uh, that they give the developers the creative tools necessary so that they can go ahead and take advantage of what they're trying to do in that accessibility uh, phase, which is make sure that their games that they create are streamable to a phone, to a tablet, to an app, to whatever's going on, a console, a PC, it doesn't matter. And make sure that that creativity is all there freed up so they don't have to worry about that because she talked about how expensive it is, which we all know to make a game, right? And, and what a risk it is. And they want to lighten that load by making sure the tools are there uh, to allow that creativity to right. flourish across all platforms, no matter what you're making it for, right? And that's what they want. Um, and to your point, Steele, about your first point uh, was a great one that she brought up as far as uh, making sure that the content drives the monetization, not the monetization driving, driving the content. content. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's Man, huge. Just something we've point. been talking about nonstop. That's what people don't understand. And again, it's one thing to talk to talk, but we've seen and heard from the developers underneath the Xbox umbrella. This is the new Xbox. Xbox is hands off, letting the creatives do what they do best, not putting those expectations on them to right. do it a certain way to make sure that it makes a certain dollar amount. Of course right. they want it to be successful. Of course, from a business side, as we just talked about, without this business, we wouldn't be playing games right now. There's money involved. There's right. big money involved. We're not talking about small risks here. So does there have to be some direction? Yes, but what she's saying is that the games need to come out first. That content has to be the main part that drives the engagement and the monetization at the end of the day. So that means those games have to be good. Those games have to come out in a quality state. Those games have to have the vision of the creator to appeal to people that brings people into the ecosystem. Right. That's what they want. And again, that was a huge, huge point. Um, also in that interview, she went into steel. They asked her specifically why Microsoft is so interested in gaming. And this yeah. is when you pull back. And again, we all, knew, again, we all know this stuff, right? Anybody who, again, anybody who's not willfully ignorant or intellectually dishonest, anybody who pays attention the way that we do to right. the industry has known why they're here, but she laid it all out step-by-step. Step. Look, Microsoft is interested in gaming because of what it does for their server business, right. right? That's what this is all about. It works hand in hand with their server business because it just isn't about the gaming industry. It's about all the other thousands of industries that at Microsoft Corp has their hands in because right. the future for all industries is the cloud. And she made that point. Yep. It's not going, whether you like that idea or not, it's a fact. 
So many are already moving to the cloud. At some point, every single business, every single industry, unless it's a little mom and pop food store somewhere or like a, like a vegetable stand somewhere off the side of a farm, and even they may use the cloud for some of their finance stuff. Unless you're that, chances are you're going to be connected to the cloud in the future if you're not already. Right. And so what this does is gaming is one of the most complex things you can do within the cloud because of the way the data transfers. It's not only data downloading, but it's also data uploading at a constant pace always because like she talked about specifically in there, if something fails on the gaming end side of things in the cloud, you could lose hours of game time that you put in. You could lose your saves. You could lose all sorts of information, yep. right? There's lag to consider, yep. right? There's all that stuff that goes into gaming that isn't necessarily even something they have to worry about other, other industries, but what they learn there transfers over to other parts of Microsoft Corp and how they sell their server to other industries because they can go into that industry and say, look, what are your goals? What are you looking to do? What do you need us for? And right. that company says, okay, we need this, this, and this. This is why we want your servers. This is how we think you can help us. Right. What, what can you do for us? And Microsoft gets to come back and say, that's a breeze. Let us show you what we do on the gaming side of things with specific examples, right? Right. Wait, wait, gaming? What's that got to do? Let us show how the data works in the cloud on a gaming side. Complex, complex, complex. This is how we make sure that everything's working. This is how it relates to what you want to get done. And that's why it's going to be very simple for us to make this happen for you. So come on over. We'll take care of you. No problem. We're already doing something extremely more complex than that with this amount of efficiency. And it's successful. We can easily get your business up and running in our servers, right? right. That's what she was talking about there. And that's layman's, that's paraphrasing. Yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. Again, I'm just giving this layman's that, yeah. She went into detail about how it actually works, but that's basics of what they do and why Microsoft Corp is so interested in the gaming division and why they will continue to invest in the gaming division because it is the ultimate advertisement for their servers. Absolutely. Azure benefits the most from this right. gaming industry. And so that's why they are so invested in doing this now. Uh, it is the perfect vehicle. Uh, also, she talked about how Game Pass is looked at internally as a platform, which we've all been talking about it as a platform for a very long time. But she said that was definitely an aha moment for them yep. when they realized that they had created a platform within a platform. And then she said, actually, when you step back and look at Microsoft as that service and software company that it is, of course, they're going to be good at creating a platform. Of course, they're going to create a platform within a platform. That's right. Microsoft's entire history. Yep. So she said it totally made sense when they realized what they were doing and what they had on their hands. Right. And that's when it really took off. So uh, just an awesome interview, man. You did a nice job breaking it down as well with all your points. Um, but yeah, again, just goes back to that front-facing uh, leadership team that Bill has built that is willing to put themselves out there in these different types of interviews and answer these 
tough questions yeah. uh, and handle it flawlessly. She did her answers were beautiful. Like it was spot easy on. to understand. Yeah, yeah. spot on. Yeah. I definitely and I definitely recommend checking it out, man. Again, um, that's from that McKinsey and Company. Definitely check that interview out. Um, it was outstanding. Again, um, they break the whole interview down along with the questions and everything. Sorry, I didn't have that on the front end of it. I didn't want to have the question set up with individual answers that I did take the notes on. Um, some something happened with that, my previous notepad, but uh, it's perfectly fine. It is what it is. Um, with that said, though, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I do have to say it has been one amazing episode 40. Again, we're about 12 episodes away from about a year well exactly a year doing this um so that's an a, amazing thing just to think about we'll be right back in the, about right around e3 time uh when that happens talking about all that hype seeing what's going to end up coming in on the back half of our year uh so definitely stay tuned in for that uh hopefully you guys enjoyed the content hopefully the connection issues weren't too bad for some of you um i did see a lot of drop frames on my end uh so hopefully it doesn't affect it on the audio side for too much much uh, again i am also recording it on my end i don't know what happened there um definitely gonna have to see about possibly just resetting some things on my end uh maybe that'll fix it or maybe somebody try to try to take us down and hit us with a ddos <laughs> attack or something um but hopefully that's not the case but we'll end up seeing uh with that being said though ladies and gentlemen uh, i do want to thank you all for being here on episode 40 sorry to cut it short but there are some family gatherings that i am going to do gotta go see spider-man man as y'all see on the shirt today much love but uh just to lead us to victory um Again, shout out to everybody in the chat. Um, for anybody that got, that got disconnected and ended up coming back, much love and shout out to y'all. Uh, y'all have an amazing rest of your day. You can find me, I, still rain, I, everywhere. Type in on your search bar. The T is a seven. Um, you'll more than likely find me. Hit me up in a message if you want a game, whatever the case might be. Um, again, I've been knee deep in the Halo, um, back and forth in the Anvil. Uh, me and Paul might get back into that. Maybe some Battlefield again. Who knows? Um, hey. Later on. With that being said, though, ladies and gentlemen, uh, other than that, you can find me every Saturday morning right here with my brother from another poem. So 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time. And much love to everybody for that. Uh, but other than that, uh, y'all stay easy, stay blessed, and uh, I'm going to pass it off to you, Paul. Yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, you are crunched. So let's do this. Great show. Uh, fantastic show. Chat. Love you all. Thank you for coming out and supporting us. Uh, episode 40 of Living Swift Screen in the books. Love you. Nothing but respect for each and every one of you. Lots of great conversation again today. That's what Steele and I love to see. Uh, Pong Soul, Xbox, Twitter. You know the drill there. Tonight, the Shop Podcast, PTK Blam, Saturion, Fuzzy Belvedere. Join us. It's fun time. End your Saturday night right. It's a quick show, usually uh, two hours or under. Just come on over and check us out. PTK Blam's channel, The Shop, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time. Otherwise, Tuesday's Xbox Factor Podcast, Mr. Boomstick, Mr. Boomstick Double Barrel Gaming, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Archimedes, Mav when he's available, 3-Bit when he's available. Mr. Joanna Dark is now a part of the show because Zemi had to leave and myself, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Thursdays p.m. in the p.m. Pong and Mav in the p.m. Two-man show just like this, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. You will love it as well over there. So that's Fun Speculation Channel on Thursday nights. Friday's Xbox Ultimate, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. The great eight now, as we like to say. We had Fork Boy on last night. Come huh? check out Xbox Ultimate. We always have a good time over there. It didn't go left until the end of the show, surprisingly enough. 
And then the last half hour was way left. Anyways, <laughs> fun time. Otherwise, we'll be back here next week for episode 41 of Living Split Screen, Split Screen, God willing. So please spread the word. Mission 1K is in effect. We'll have an extended mission if we hit that 1K to 2K, like Steele said, and we think we can do it. So please spread the word. We saw some new people in here today, which is awesome. Thank you all for showing up. We hope you enjoyed it. Golden Age of Gaming, play what you love, love what you play. Enjoy your weekend, people. Get out there. Hug those that you love. Continue thoughts and prayers for Spooky Sprocket. Love you all. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. That's a big fact, ladies and gentlemen. Much love to everybody. Again, like Paul said, play what you love, love what you play. And like I say, keep it live, raw, and uncut. And you can only find this type of energy right here on Living Split Screen every Saturday morning. Y'all stay easy, stay blessed. We'll holler at y'all next week. Peace.